Hi. The Common Man and T-Bone podcast is brought to you by Care Heating and Cooling. Cold or sweaty is no way to go through life. Call my guys at Care Heating and Cooling for all your heating and cooling needs. Call 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust. And stay tuned after the podcast for special bonus content from past shows. It's Greenland, like being Amish, but with more ice. Bye. Welcome to the home of stupid. That's right. You're now listening to Common Man and T-Bone. Well, what lessons could we teach them from the radio station? Well, I mean, I don't know. Hi, children. This is radio. Please never do this. Ask your parents to save for college so you can get a real job. The end. I don't know. That seems like a short book. (laughs) Pretty good book. (laughs) I like that book. Featuring Panama Ted, imported from Panama. Thank you, Ted. You suck. Rihanna Ray on traffic. Five minute delay. And a bunch of internet sounds that make no sense. To reach around the guy. <laughs> you gotta squat and be ready. <laughs> Balls on his chest. Strap in and strap it on. This is Man and Bone. <laughs> Happy Wednesday. Welcome in. Hello, Bone. Oh, hello, man. We have a big edition of the show today. We have on campus at 448, all the news and notes you need. We will name drop with Jeff Rimmer in the 5 o'clock hour. It is signing day, which, you know, once upon a time, today was a big day. You're sitting around the fax machine, you know, waiting for all those names to come in. And now that we have the early signing period, today is sort of relegated to a... You know, oh, yeah, here's who we have already on campus for the most part. Oh, yeah. I mean, today is not even like if you look on Twitter, you follow anything on college football, social media, like it barely registers as being a big college football day. There's still some stuff that comes along. Obviously, there are a few names still to drop. And, you know, these. this is technically like when you would see some guys, they hold off in their decision until today. But for the most part, the large majority of classes are pretty much settled. And really like the things that get debated by this point are who has the best class in the country. And it, you know, sometimes those decisions have to wait until someone, you know, a big name makes their final call. But other than that, yeah, I mean, a lot of these teams already know where they are. They know where they stand. Jackets looked terrible last night. They lose to Dallas. Line A made his debut. Let everybody in ice time, but you know, Not a lot of scoring chances last night, Bone, which has sort of been the story of the season. And the Stars decided, hey, man, we're just going to park out right in front of Corpy and hope that we get lost in front of him. And it worked out. Corpy was not good last night. The offensive flow was not good last night. Same two teams again tomorrow. Hopefully it'll be better. I, and I, I want to ask you about the uh, the reverse retro jerseys, too, because I wasn't a huge fan of them when I saw them, but then I'm like, yeah, maybe red. Maybe red will do something for me. And perhaps if the Jackets went out last night and won the game 6 nothing, you know, that'll be my new favorite sweater. But because they didn't, and because to me it looked like I was watching the Washington Capitals for the entire game and not the Columbus Blue Jackets, I think we should take those retros and throw them right in the trash. <laughs> <laughs> well, first off, I will say that I think those jerseys look better like just walking around if someone had one on as opposed to on the ice during a game. You know what I mean? Like there as far as a fashion statement goes or as far as like looking cool, catching your eye, 
yeah, it's 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 a neat thing to wear. I don't I don't think they look bad from that regard. I though have also a problem with the fact that the logo. I don't think you need to do a reverse retro for the jackets. The jackets are trying to establish their identity as a team. I know they've been around for twenty years, but you don't need to go back to that logo that some people may think still is the logo. Not here, but like around the league, they may think that is still the logo. So I would I would get rid of that off the middle of the sweater. But otherwise, like I didn't I don't hate it for just wearing it around town on the ice though. Yeah, it's it's really difficult to get used to. It, it is quite an adjustment. Wasn't it weird watching it last night? Yeah. I mean, I felt I had to remind myself who I was watching a couple times. Well, and, and to go back to the actual game, though, as you said, the offense. No, let's output, not let's not no do good. that. Well, all I want to say is this: we told you yesterday it's going to take a little time for Patrick Line to get involved. And meanwhile, defensively, if they don't decide to like show up and actually give an effort on that, you know, side of the ice, then you're going to see games like that. And uh, they don't have a lot of room for error right now, Mike, because. Standings are not great. They are, you know, every team ahead of them has played four or even five games fewer than the Jackets. And, uh, yeah, they are, they are either, they're right now tied for technically second in the league, but, yes. or in the, in the, in the division, yes. I should say, not in the league. But those other teams ahead of them have four or five games in hand. So, uh, that's not, that's not great. We will talk more Jackets with Rimmer coming up at 534. So today's signing day. Buckeyes have the number two class in the nation behind Alabama. We talked about their ridiculous class yesterday with seven five-star guys. So Ryan Day had both his little press conference and had his radio show today. Teddy, let's freestyle on some Ryan Day cuts. Let's hear from the coach. How about Teddy? 45603. Ryan Day talking about how he's happy with OSU's class of 2021. It's a very strange year. Um, usually this is we'll wait in front of the fax machine. Uh, instead of that, we just uh, got done seeing those guys in the weight room working out, uh, 15 of them. So uh, almost your whole class is already here working. and They've got through the quarantine, and uh, it's just amazing. Uh, but, yeah, we this, this year is very, very different. So we're going to keep pounding away, keep recruiting. We're certainly working really hard in the next class. Um, but there are still a few remaining guys out there that uh, that we'll keep recruiting throughout the next couple months, hoping that uh, we can start getting some guys here uh, to visit maybe in late spring, you know, early summer. That's what we talked about before is that, you know, it used to be who's coming. Now it's, hi, I just saw you in the weight room. You're part of this class. <laughs> now we'll go have a press conference and talk about you. Yeah, well, you've got a lot of guys who do the early enrollment thing anyway. That was that's become a trend before they opened up this extra signing period. So, yeah, now you have the ability to just uh, they have them in the facility and not just be enrolled, but they can actually get involved and and do a little bit more day to day. So it, it's great, man. This is I like the fact that they've got this opening or the early signing period now that lets a lot of guys get in, and I think it's uh, probably helpful for all these coaches to be able to get a little more time with these guys. I think that's why you've seen more freshmen over the last few years. At least it feels like to me more freshmen be able to come in and hit the ground running and be able to contribute. Uh, Trey Sermon, one of the guys going to the league, and so you know, running back will be a position that we look at this year. How about four, five, six, one, five, Teddy Ryan Day talking about the running back competition for twenty twenty one. A lot of depth, a lot, a lot of a uh, lot of guys, but um, certainly a lot of talent, and and we're gonna um, what a, what a um, great opportunity this spring. Excuse me, this spring to to have these guys go compete, and we're gonna try to do the best we can to simulate games as much as possible in the spring to get a feel for where these guys are at, but. You know, Master comes back, which uh, you know, which is great. He brings some experience to the table. Uh, Marcus Crowley now is coming off that ACL, so now we get to see the best version of him. Um, Mayan really popped this year, showed some great things. 
And then, uh, and then now, now you know, uh, Steele's Steel is, is going to get uh, an opportunity to compete. And then, and then you have the two young guys, and I know that they're coming in here to play as well. So, like you said, um, you know, a lot of depth there, but an opportunity for these guys to compete, and, and uh, it's going to be exciting to watch. I didn't know that was there, I love but it. I love it. I love that sound bite, man. Like it was like the, so- the bull whip and then everything in the kitchen fell down. I was going to say, it sounded like somebody was carrying a, a pile of cafeteria trays from like the <laughs> needs to be washed to now is washed pile. And they just tripped and it was like, boom, 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 boom. And they all just start falling over. That was pretty great. Good, uh, good little Foley on that clip, Mike. A little extra sound effect there. Uh, how about a clip from the Ryan Day show today, Teddy? Four, five, six, three, one. He's talking about keeping an eye on the transfer portal. Never thought it would be like this, I and mean, this is crazy. Um, but <laughs> like you said we got to we got to adapt to the times, and uh, you know I think if there's if there's situations um, that you know we want to upgrade a position uh, and, and have that opportunity, I think that's important, but. But really what we've done with those guys, I, I think we've done a great job of finding the right culture fit. Um, and that's been really important, especially around here when uh, our off-season program and a lot of pride, you know, in how we do things here, to just have a guy step in and jump ahead of some of the other guys who put work in, that's not easy to do. And so we don't just, you know, grab guys, um, you know, without really doing a lot of research on how it would affect our team dynamics and culture. And, uh, and so we'll do that again if somebody – um, you know, it makes sense, then we'll do that. I think we're pretty healthy at most positions right now, but, but we're always going to be looking at that. And that's, that's where Mark, that's, that his job's changed a little bit. You know, he has to now look at the portal to figure out who some of these guys are, evaluate them, give them a grade, so that if there is a need, that we can go in and look at them. That's I very know coaches, I, yeah, I know coaches hate all sorts of change, but and you and I have talked about this, and I've read a couple articles about it the last couple of days about the transfer portal and how important it is not just in college football, but in college basketball, too. Obviously, look at this Ohio State roster for basketball, and you have influential members of this team who came from other teams. Justin Fields transferred into this team from a football perspective. Has the transfer portal not made the offseason in college football and basketball so much more interesting? I think it has. Oh, of course. Yeah, and I mean, this year with there being you know different rules because of COVID, right? You're allowed an extra transfer just without penalty because of the fact that you had COVID go on. So that is a situation that's different. Also, this is something looming over the next couple of years that I'm sure, you know, all the big time programs are going to keep an eye on. You're going to have this year, right? The guys who stay back and decide, well, I'm going to use my extra year of eligibility. All those players technically are allowed to do that, right? From freshmen all the way to seniors. But only the seniors are not going to count against the 85-man roster limit, right, in football. So that's going to mean next year, the year after, if you're a junior this year and you decide to remain a junior next year and then you still want to have your senior fifth-year season because of COVID, you're allowed to do it, well, that is now going to count as someone who's on the roster. And that is going to count against the 85 man limit. So as Ryan Day talked about, all these players are in the, you know, in the, uh, recruiting for next year. They're already trying to get guys to visit and get them ahead for 2022. You're, you're basing that off of numbers that are now going to be changing, right? right? And there are going to be players that may decide to stay another year. And suddenly now it's like, well, wait a second. We, we, <laughs> We, we don't have as many scholarships as we thought because all these guys have an extra year of eligibility. For the next couple of years in college football, that's going to mean some players are going to get squeezed out. 
And probably not at Ohio State. I wouldn't think the Buckeyes are going to be the ones picking up those guys. But certainly other programs will be looking to do that with players, you know. And so Ohio State may have the other side of that where guys get forced out because they just don't fit what needs to happen or they're not going to see a lot of playing time. Some other school may want them to come there and come in and play right away. So that extra year of eligibility that comes in is going to affect transfer portal, recruiting for the next couple of years. It's going to have big ramifications, and I don't think it was a bad policy. It's just I don't think we fully unpacked what that's going to bring to the table. We have some Buckeye spring game info to share with you coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Some slowdowns to watch out for on the roads. You're going to find a pocket of slow traffic on I-70 westbound between Miller and the 71 East split. Plan about, oh, I don't know, about a five-minute delay over there. This traffic report is sponsored by Allstate. If you're driving less, you could be saving more on car insurance. With pay-per-mile insurance from Allstate, pay for the miles you drive and save on the miles you don't. Call a local Allstate agent and get a quote now. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Dare, dare to be dumb. The team that is better on paper will win at least 50% of the time. This is Man and Bone. Hello. I have some Buckeye basketball news for you. Jimmy Sotos, who had been absent with the shoulder, we found out what it is today, a separated shoulder, and he's going to have surgery and he'll be done for the season. Yeah, so that's a big deal. Uh, yeah, he, it sucks. What are you doing? Oh, yes, he, he was a transfer from Bucknell slash Buck Cherry, in case you forgot. <laughs> so, hookers and cocaine today for Jimmy Sotos. <laughs> no, it's not doesn't mean he had any of that just just buck cherry likes that that's what you're saying mm-hmm. right to be clear but he didn't go to buck cherry university he went to bucknell which is yeah what's the difference i guess the big difference i think i don't know i could be wrong well i actually because, hope they have i hope they have buck this. cherry playing at the uh, commencement ceremony that's what i'd like to see be uh, be, because the eligibility does not count this year he can come back and play next year should he choose yeah so yeah everyone that's the good news like Everyone you're watching in college football and college basketball, if they so choose, can come back next year and they will be at the same, you know, class rank as they are now. So theoretically, EJ Liddell could be here for three more seasons after this year, right? Still be a sophomore, junior. Why don't you rub on that little, uh, what is the thing? Hmm? Magic lamp. I don't know why I blanked on that for a second. I wanted to say genie lamp? lamp. I don't well, know because EJ Liddell's not going to be here for three years. Well, what I'm I saying. know that. I'm just no. I'm saying theoretically, right? A, a guy of his caliber yeah. could be here that long if he chose to, but he obviously, you would assume, at some point before that, will be heading off to the NBA because he's got a great game and should be able to grow that into an NBA style of game eventually. Ryan Day said he's hoping to play the spring game on April 17th with a mid-March start to spring practices, but that is not. Any sort of guarantee, this is a fluid situation. Of course, last year's spring game was canceled. And look, man, I, I, I hope we're making some progress as a nation. I hope by April 17th we're making some progress. Who the hell knows? But I can pretty much guarantee to you, you won't be able to attend a spring game this year. So Ohio State's just going to try and get it in whenever they can. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that there's zero chance of attending. I would say maybe it's like a... If they do have any attendance, yes, I agree with you that it will it would be unlikely to be full capacity. I think it would be lucky to be a quarter of capacity, right? But yeah, they may not want to waste the goodwill on that. 
You know what I mean? They might they might say if we can have any goodwill from the state to let us have fans in, you know, maybe they would focus that towards like other programs going on that maybe need like the basketball team, right? If they thought there was a chance to have some fans there for a game or something, maybe they would try to do that before they would say, "Can we have X number at the spring game, but yeah, I, I don't think it's very likely that there will be fans there. But I wouldn't say it's a completely closed door. Just not ever. I wouldn't think full capacity at all. You're right. Also, some clarification on some coaching stuff on the staff. We got today got the info today that Parker Fleming, who was the quality control coach for the Buckeyes the past se- three seasons, he now is going to be special teams coordinator. Um, and Matt Barnes who was previously the special teams coordinator and the assistant secondary coach, will now be the secondary coach. And something we also learned today, and I'm a, I'm a touch surprised about this, Bone, and I'd like to get your thoughts on it. I thought that when Greg Madison retired, that Ryan Day would have another co-defensive coordinator along with Kerry Combs to do the job. But the clarification we got today was that, no, Kerry Combs will be the sole defensive coordinator on this team. I'm a, I'm a touch surprised. Yeah, I am too. I I tend to think, though, that uh, <laughs> Ryan Day's got to have some kind of idea or plan as to why he thinks that's that's good. I have certainly questions about that because this defense was not up to par in any way, shape, or form, uh, and I don't know that that's just on the personnel, right? I mean, I think some of it is, but I think it also has to do with the fact that you could get better coaching. Um, so. That's going to be, you know, up to Kerry Combs. He's going to have to carry that load and he's going to have to have other assistant coaches around who can help put these guys in better positions. Cause last year, if flat out was not good enough for me or I don't think for most Buckeye fans. Well, he went out of his way today. Ryan Day did to praise the depth of the secondary specifically. To your point, there's talent on this team, right? And we can make the case that maybe some guys were playing out of position last year, but you don't have a case where you don't have talent on this team. So, yes, it's the players have to go out there and do a better job, and the reality is they have to be coached a little bit better. Ryan Day was asked today if the reason why he's not going outside the program and getting somebody else to help out the defense is because of a money issue, and he says, no, it's not. He just, I guess, didn't see anybody out there that he thought would, <laughs> would bring anything to the existing I, staff. I do. I do wonder. Is that is that... I know it's COVID and it's been a rough time. And yeah, we've heard a lot of things about how all these programs are losing money because of COVID and it's difficult. But is that really a question that Ohio State would not do something football wise because of I the hope fact not. that they're losing money? I come on, man. I, I think that, yeah, th- this is probably more of an idea that Ryan Day believes that he's got some guys there on the staff like Matt Barnes, right? He was the special teams coordinator and assistant secondary coach. Now he is just going to be the secondary coach. So he can focus more on that. Is he um, still going to work at Channel 4 too? Or <laughs> I don't know. That's okay. If, maybe they should also tell him to calm down on being on the news every day if you want to get better at coaching the defensive backs. Obviously, that's the problem. So either way here, I think that if if reshuffling the deck helps out a little bit, I'm willing to give that a year, but that's it. That like if if you're going to tell me you really believe and Ryan Day I think has earned some of this with you know his ability to get this team to a place that we all had hoped it would give him a year. He says that this is going to be a way to fix it. All right. If he's wrong, then that's where the pressure mounts to say, all right, now you have to make a change at defensive coordinator and you've you've got to figure out something better than what you've got going on. You cannot be as bad as they were all last year, especially in the secondary, two years in a row at a place like Ohio State, with all the talent you have on this roster, that just can't happen. Well, it's a, it's a tricky situation, right? I'm, how, many, how many times have we said on this show 
that, you know, the reason why Kerry Combs is where he is is because he's one of the best recruiters in the country, right? I mean, that's sort of like a, a delicate balance there where you you want to keep a guy like Kerry Combs on your staff because he's so valuable going out there and recruiting, but at the same time, is he the best in-game option for you as the head man of your defense? I We don't know the answer to that yet. Yeah, well, and if you look at some of the other great recruiters on the staff, right, like Larry Johnson, he's a great recruiter and a great position coach, right? I mean, um, you have got plenty of other guys there that are really great at that, like Brian Hartline. Brian Hartline has become a really great recruiter and is a great position coach. But making that jump then to become the coordinator of those units, offense or defense, and still be that great recruiter, right, I think – you know, it, it might be a little tougher to do that. Not that there aren't guys in college football that can, but the whole point being there are plenty of good recruiters on this staff who, as of right now, are not elevated to that level. I know Kerry Combs coached at a higher level than, than most of these guys, right? Cause he's been to the NFL and done that, but it's, it's still something that remains a question right now. Can Kerry Combs be the guy as defensive coordinator? And uh, if it's, if it's not better this year, then the answer will probably be no. And they will have to move on from him or at least get him some additional help as defensive coordinator. So I would think that's going to be on every Buckeye fan's mind watching the season this year. Bone breaking news. The Super Bowl's coming up on Sunday. Reichert Nissan fan poll, 971thefan.com. Which quarterback throws for more yards in the big game? Is it Pat Mahomes or Tom Brady? Who are you voting for? I'm going to say uh, Pat Mahomes throws for more than Tom Brady. That's right. Yeah, I will say that too. And I will also tell you that the uh, the computers, they're telling us who's going to win the Super Bowl this year. I'll share that with you coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Still watching some slowdowns out there on I-70 westbound between Miller and the 71 East split. Traffic is still building over there. Plan about a 5 to 10 minute slowdown. This traffic report is sponsored by Allstate. If you're driving less, you could be saving more on car insurance. With pay per mile insurance from Allstate, pay for the miles you drive and save on the miles you don't. Call a local Allstate agent and get a quote now. I'm Leanna Ray with fan traffic. Objects in radio may be dumber than they appear. This is Man and Bone. If you haven't downloaded our podcast yet, please do it. Go to wherever you get your podcasts and audio and just click subscribe. And then all our stupidity comes right to your device every single day. So if you miss a live show... Well, you never miss a live show because it's right there on your phone. Do it now. 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 Not later. Although, if you're driving, then do it later. We don't nope. want you to. Pull over. Do it oh, now. Pull over. Pull right, over. Get, Maybe the snow bench. Yeah, no, there's no ditches, Mike. There's just snow. All we have is snow, which, by the way, I've decided I now hate snow. That's where I'm at with snow at this point in 2021. I've gotten enough of it. I am ready to go back to 75 degrees, 80 degrees. Let's get out of this. I'm done. Can I opt out of the rest of winter? Is that allowed? Do we no, have an option? The big giant rat said we have more winter. All right. Great. Good times. Looking forward and to all of it melting and being Next gross. week. Mooey frigid next week. Uh, <laughs> mooey I mean, frigid. You better look at your PP now and wave goodbye because <laughs> it's crawling inside. Yeah, I saw that we're going to be like high of 12 on a few days. Well, it's almost like it's February in the Midwest. I know, and I don't like I I've determined I don't like it. I don't like that it's this cold. I it'll really be, don't. You know, it'll be warm soon, and birds will be chirping. You'll have 
the Masters and Daytona 500's coming. Doesn't that make you happy? I am happy That's, for the Daytona 500. You know, 500. things are happening, Bone. We're going to have pitchers and catchers reporting down in Florida and Arizona. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have the Masters. We're going to have Daytona 500. And when did the crews start their championship defense when is that uh, happening? Hopefully, if they don't get locked out by the owners in April, that's the goal right now. But they've got to. When's avoid... the deadline? Was it this week? It's tomorrow. Oh. Uh, or tomorrow or Friday. It's either the fourth or fifth. I forget which day. But yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's coming hither, Mike. It's <laughs> it's and I listen real quick on that. If the league is stupid enough to do this after you've just gone through a pandemic. For people who don't know the situation, the players and the owners agreed to terms on a new CBA last spring, right before COVID hit. They agreed to that, and then the league asked them again in the summer, hey, can we negotiate a few things since we didn't know we weren't going to play the first half of the year? And the players said, sure. They negotiated. They they made some concessions. And now we're already through all that. You finished out the year. You forced these guys to play through COVID and all that. And now they have the audacity to say, if the players don't give us more, us, the billionaire owners, we're going to lock them out for the season. Under In what world does that make any sense? This is just pure Dong Arbor being at his dongiest. That's what I have to say. So. Yeah, but we always talk about, and as much as I'd love to pile on the Dong, cut that up, Teddy, mm. as much as I'd love to do that, I mean, this guy does work for the owners. So I'm, I'm, oh, not, yeah, I'm it's, sure it's, he's not in a room petting a white cat all by himself. Well, yes, you're right. The owners need to also realize, and there are plenty of them in MLS. We used to have them that own teams in, that own the team in Columbus, right? I mean, that guy who owns the soccer team down in Austin now, I'm sure he's fully in favor of doing something like this because he wants to save money too. He's cheap. But the other part of that is, Don Garber is one of the few people who actually, as commissioner of the league, has a lot of sway over these owners because he is someone who's been with the league longer than any of them outside of Robert Kraft and maybe one or two other owners. That's it. Like everybody else is newer than him. So when these things come up and they might have their ideas of what to do, Dong's the one who swoops in and says, Hey, you know, I've, I've been here, done this a little bit longer. It's not like your other teams you own. Let's just let me handle this. I know what I'm doing. That's kind of the attitude he's had. So I put a lot more of this on him than I would like Roger Goodell, where Roger Goodell, you're right, is literally just a spokesman for the owners. He'll do whatever they say. Dong Garber is definitely not that guy. Super Bowl on Sunday. Every news outlet's doing their own Madden simulation for the Super Bowl. Over at ESPN, they have the Chiefs winning. Congratulations to the Chiefs. Over at CBS, they have the Bucks winning. Congratulations to the Bucks. It's almost like this has no bearing on the actual game. Well, but we yeah. do, but we do it, you know, and we're like, oh yeah, this simulation and oh, there's going to be a big play at the end that turns it one way or the other. That's fine. That's cute. The reality is, you can run it through the most sophisticated computers in the world, not just a Madden simulation, and you're not going to get this right. It's impossible. And that's why you and I sort of make fun of the win probability stats, right? Where yeah. they have a certain formula they put in, and all the smart people say, oh, well, there's a 93% chance that Team X wins this game. All right, I'm sure when you plug in all your data over the course of time that you've been looking at these things, yes, that's what it shoots out at you, 93%. But is there a little Tom Brady variable in that data, right, that says, well, Tom Brady's on this team. So all of a sudden, 93% goes down to 78%. That's the big flaw when it comes to this big technology stuff trying to predict sports. 
Yeah, I th- that is correct. And I know that I have I have come to a better understanding of things like win probability in part because, yeah, when I first looked at that stat, I'm like, well, what is the goal of this? Does this tell me anything that actually I can use? And the answer is not really, right? I mean, like as far as if you're trying to figure out who's going to win a game by looking at win probability, that's that's helpful, I guess. It's insightful if you know nothing about the game. But for example, if the Patriots or the Patriots, geez, if the Bucks get up in this game over the Chiefs, I don't know, twenty eight to seven by the second quarter, right? The win probability for the for the Bucks is going to go up to what, eighty five, ninety percent? Ninety five percent. It'll be up high. And yes, of course, because they're out in the lead, but as you just said, you can't predict what the greats can do. So that that is not a predictive model necessarily as much as it's just to say this is where we are right now. This is how far ahead they are of the game. But if things change, then this will go back down. You can also get win probability, Mike, by um, looking at the scoreboard, I yes. would like to point out. So it, it's a neat stat. I don't know that it's that. Like if a 75% win percentage or a win probability, is that different than an 87% win probability? Yes, statistically. But probably on the scoreboard, it's very similar. So it means the one team is out and they're up big later in the game. So that's all that really tells me, which that doesn't help a ton. So I guess I don't need win probability as much as maybe other people want to. Saints coach Sean Payton says he expects a decision from Drew Brees on his future in the next week or two. He was not going to announce anything before the Super Bowl, but I assume that once the game is over, then we'll get an announcement from him. And I think we're all assuming that he's going to retire. He also said that they hope to bring back Jameis Winston, who I think is... Well, if they hope to bring him back, he must be a a free agent. So, you know, we didn't see a ton of him this year. We saw Taysom Hill, of course. Let's assume that Drew Brees is gone. And let's assume that you don't have a blind hatred for Taysom Hill. (laughs) Who is the Saints starting quarterback next year, Bone? Well, no, I have to believe it probably is going to be Taysom Hill. They have... there's been too much smoke around all that, hasn't there? I yes. mean, for, for two years now, basically, we've heard about how he's the next guy. He's coming. He's ready to go. But at the same time, you they had an extended look at Taysom Hill this year, and maybe what they saw wasn't what they were anticipating. Maybe they thought that he'd be a little bit better and more consistent than he was. Now, he didn't lose them any games this year. He was okay, but there wasn't necessarily that that flash when you watch Taysom Hill this year. And in fairness to him, I mean, he started, what, two, three games? And it's the first two, three games of his career that he started. It's going to take some time to show people that you're a true number one quarterback in this league. Prior to this season, I want to say he had thrown fewer than 20 passes in the yeah, league. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So, I mean, like that that's where... It's not to say all of that stuff that I brought up this off season and how I just would laugh at some of the things they would say. I remember, Mike, like the first or second week we were in our basements when they sent us home. So that would have been in late March. Uh, I remember we had those stories that were like, next year, Taysom Hill, get ready. He's the guy. Like, this is it. So, I mean, this is a narrative that's been building at least for the last year. Uh, I, I just feel like... It's it's something that at the time seemed absurd because he'd had so little experience as a starting quarterback. He's a great football player, but as a starting quarterback, that's a whole different ball game. Now, with some more experience, yeah, I think he does some good things. He can help you win football games. Is he going to be, though, a franchise quarterback for you that you can say, without him, we're losing probably four or five games a year? That, to me, is the difference that a franchise quarterback makes, You know, that can elevate a team just because he is so good with the ball and being able to make throws that very few people can. 
I haven't seen that from Taysom Hill yet. I've seen a quarterback who can run an offense that can be effective at times, and, and obviously with a lot of weapons. But I have not seen someone who you can count on to drop back and just make the throws when a defense completely sells out to stop you from running the football. So we're going to have to see that from him, and that's the decision that's sitting before Sean Payton, assuming Drew Brees retires. You know, a team like that obviously is in win-now mode, right? They have a, a veteran defense. They have a great running back in Alvin Kamara. They have Michael Thomas there. You're coming off of a nice season. Drew Brees retires. Do you want to take a gamble on a guy like Taysom Hill or an even bigger gamble, I think, in a guy like Jameis Winston, even though he has more starting experience? And I know he had LASIK, and now he can see. But I still don't think Jameis Winston's going to be a difference-making quarterback in this league, despite leading the league in yards his last year as a starter. But do you go out and do you say to a guy like... Ryan Fitzpatrick, who says he still wants to play and at times looks like a fairly capable quarterback. I don't think they're in the running for a guy like Deshaun Watson just because I don't think they have the money flexibility to get a guy like Deshaun Watson. That would, of course, be your first choice, but I can see them kicking the tires on a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick to see if he would fit. Yeah, I think when we've talked about all the various quarterbacks that could be available or, or the the different options that are out there, yeah, I think that's probably the mode that they're going to fit into is probably not a Deshaun Watson, but one of the secondary guys who would come relatively cheap, who you might be able to swing a trade for them. So, you know, I, I don't know. I wonder, I, I don't know what the Eagles' stance is, right, on Jalen Hurts, but there's another option maybe you could go after and say, well, would you trade Jalen Hurts and for what? You know, I mean, he's not going right, to cost you a lot of money. but that's another unproven option, though. I know it's an unproven option, but... You know, I don't know that that's any different than, say, Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is, who is more proven, but is gonna, I mean, he's, he's up in age and you don't know when he's gonna get the hit that knocks him out for a while. You know, I mean, it, it's just, I think you're rolling the dice either way on that. So I wonder if they would go that route and say, and by the way, maybe they're willing to trade a Taysom Hill to give the Eagles that look. They're trying to figure out what to do with Carson Wentz. That might change their dynamic a little bit. I don't know. I mean, I, I wonder if they would be willing to swing something like that or if the Eagles would be willing to make that move. They may not be. So, yeah, there's a lot of question marks for what uh, is coming for the Saints, assuming Drew Brees retires. Uh, some baseball tidbits for you coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. A couple pockets of slow traffic to watch out for. You're going to find delays on I-70 downtown split eastbound between Livingston Avenue and the 71 East split. And traffic is slow on 71 southbound between 670 and East Broad Street. Plan on some backups there as well. This traffic report is sponsored by Allstate. If you're driving less, you could be saving more on car insurance. With pay-per-mile insurance from Allstate, pay for the miles you drive and save on the miles you don't. Call a local Allstate agent and get a quote now. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. These guys are a big deal, and by big deal, I mean cheap and fat. You're listening to Common Man and T-Bone. On campus, coming up at 448, all the news and notes you need. We have name-dropping with Jeff Rimmer in the 5 o'clock hour. And tomorrow, kids, tomorrow's a big day. Because if you remember, during the early days of this pandemic, into the summertime, we had a little thing every single day trying to educate the youth of America called Bone of Education, where Bone would take a topic, and then he would teach you in his own way. A very dumb way. But well, I, would, I would attempt to 
Educate yes, the well, people, you, to the best enough of my people liked it that when we took it away, people were sad. Well, guess what? Tomorrow it comes back, and it's not going to be an everyday thing. We're going to do it every single Thursday, but we're going to bring it back tomorrow at four o'clock. Bone of Education returns. Yeah, so get ready for that. I'm looking forward to it. By the way, uh, I I saw this, Mike, and I thought of you because I know how much you love furry animals and certainly flying animals. You're oh, I love them. <laughs> Love of those things. Have you heard of Statler, the elderly fruit bat, Mike? Are you aware of Statler? <laughs> no, I okay. have not. Um, so there's a bat rescue that is online. Uh, they're, they're just called Bat World. You can follow them at Bat World. I'm sure your wife does. Cause yeah, yeah. This she is, wants this you is to dress thing. up like a bat, and that's how you got your three she, kids. She loves bats. No joke. Like We've actually discussed a family vacation when we can down to Texas where there's a giant bat cave, and you can stand outside at dusk and dawn and watch them fly in and fly out as they where go is hunting. That? Where is that bat cave? Is it, Does one it's, of your favorite soccer teams play there? It's not. It's San Antonio, but it's oh, close. I'd have to oh, drive okay. through Austin to get there, and so I <laughs> plan on stopping off to see old AP on my way down. But here's the question I have for you. So this this elderly fruit bat, he is 33 years old. And he is the size of like a small cat as far as like his body. He's one of those bats. Not a little like fit in your hand type of bat. He's a solid guy. He can't fly anymore. He only has one eye. Every day, these people, these saints, get him out of his cage and they fly him around because he still wants to fly, but he can't. So they will take him out. And like a little kid, they just, they like walk him around and he flaps his wings and he looks around like he thinks I'm flying, I'm doing it, but he's not clearly. They're doing this for him to help keep him, you know, mentally acute and all those things. They have a couple other old bats that they do the same thing for. They've made friends, all these bats. It's a very nice video if you like bats. I wanted to know from you. A million dollars, I'm guessing you would not do this, right? If I said for a year, you have to be Statler's bat daddy and take him on flights. Don't don't beat around the bush. Ask me the question. How much would it take for you to be his bat daddy for a year? For a year? For a year. You Yes, you for a year, this is the job. You every day have to get up. All right, well, let me, let me answer your question this way, all right? I wouldn't do it for a dog for a million dollars, <laughs> let alone a bat. All right, what's the number that I say? Because think about year? it. You you do this for a year. It's it's a year for you where you have to overcome your disgust of all can these I hire, things. Can I hire somebody to do this for me? Is the no, bat's no, no. just in my house, but somebody else no, no, comes no, it's and not, takes no, no. care of the bat? You, the bat's not in your house. Like bat I lives, have a bat hospice listen, nurse. Listen to me. The bat lives at Bat World. They have you know veterinarians who take care of it if it gets sick or something, but if it's healthy... You go to his cage, you go, hello, Statler, you give him a piece of fruit, and then you pick him up and you walk him around for like a half an hour, and then he poops on your hand or whatever he does, and then you put him back, and every day you t- you change out his food, you clean up his cage for a year, and then you go home, and then you come back the next day. I don't know if I can touch day. the bat. I don't know if I can touch it. I don't know if I can put my hands on the bat. You put gloves Dude, when on. I, when I roast a chicken... Okay, the dead chicken carcass gives me the heebie-jeebies. I put, like, barbecue gloves on to touch the chicken. I've got these plastic gloves that I use for barbecue, and I use that to touch the chicken because, I don't know, the weird jiggly bones, they get to me. I don't know if I can physically touch a bat. I'll say $10 million for me. 
I'm saying it's enough money that at that point, $10 million, you, you, you don't have to do anything else the rest of your life. You should be able to live off of $10 million the rest of your days. But for a year, you have to go through that. Now, let me ask you this question. If I told you that for the rest of your existence, you have to take care of Statler, however, or his, right? As, however long he makes it. As How long, long do as bats you, live? Are they like sea turtles? They live 200 years? Well, this guy lived for 33. I'm assuming he's really old. So let's say he's going to live another five or six years at most. Okay. If he gets super good care and you have to take care of him. You can't just like forget to feed him and then he drops dead. But during the time he's alive and you're taking care of him, you have the powers you have always wanted. If someone cuts you off in traffic, instant jail. If someone wears the wrong oh. jersey to a game, 10 years in prison. You can oh. you can make oh. all the rule and oh by the oh. way, food has no calories. Like no. all those things oh. you wanted. Now you're scra- First of all, I'm polite on the radio. It's not instant jail, it's instant death, okay? <laughs> But all that is your power. You instantly you snap your fingers. But if if Statler dies under your care, that all goes away, and you go back to your but whatever your life was before. But he's going to eventually die. Yes, but I'm saying you have to keep him happy and alive if you want these powers. Would you Would you take that bet, or just say no? It's not worth it. I don't want it. You get to have I, all that you want. You can eat. I you would can do eat it. Bread all day and yes, no calories. I would do it. See, this is we found how to convert you into like an animal lovers. So we have to give you all the like superhuman powers in the world. First you of all, would... you you give me a bad rap. I don't dis <laughs> I don't dislike animals. I don't want bad things to happen to animals. I know. You I don't. just don't want to be around them. I wish yeah. them nothing but happiness, and I'm glad there are people in this world that love animals enough to have them in their homes and take care of them. I just don't want them around me. That's well, all. That's, that's the. But that just I'm not putting you're... them on treadmills in this house. <laughs> Just because you're not an animal lover doesn't mean I think you want to like kill them. It just means I know that you do not like to have them around and you are not someone who's ever going to have like three cats just like curling up on you as you go tuck yourself in at night. Like that's not going to be your life. No. So that's why I say you're not a big animal lover, but all right. We found a way to get you to do that. Possibly. I'm, I now I just need to find a way to make it happen. That's the biggest thing. If you can find a way for me to eliminate all humans that I don't like. <laughs> I'll do pretty much anything you want. I, I figured that. I, I will service that. you for the rest of your life. <laughs> I don't want that. That's not. I would. You that would do not want motivate it. me. No, it would not. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had baseball tidbits. I I can't get to it now. So coming up next, a couple baseball tidbits, and we know the Buckeyes have the best recruiting class in the conference. But where do the other teams stack up? I will tell you. Coming up, Common Man and T Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for an accident on US 23 southbound at 270. It is causing some backups in this area as they work to get the roadway clear. Please be cautious over here in the meantime as traffic begins to build. This traffic report is sponsored by Allstate. If you're driving less, you could be saving more on car insurance. With pay per mile insurance from Allstate, pay for the miles you drive and save on the miles you don't. Call a local Allstate agent and get a quote now. I'm Leanna Ray with fan traffic. The most listened to show in Greenland. This is Man and Bone. Happy Wednesday. We have on campus all the news and notes you need coming up at 448. We have name dropping with Jeff Rimmer in the 5 o'clock hour. We're going to talk and more t- bats if you yeah, want. Yeah, we're going to talk mean, more bats. Talk and yeah. I'll tell you what, man. You give me the power to eliminate human beings, pandemic over. So, 
That's true. I didn't think of that. That would be a uh, unintended, but uh, I guess beneficial side effect of you wielding unlimited power. <laughs> yeah, that would. Not, I don't know if I want you to have that or not. By the way, you you mentioned it. Bone of Education coming back tomorrow. Mm-hmm. People I guess are excited. A, yeah, we got a few tweets about that. That's nice. But I, I see the need for it as well because we actually got a couple tweets. We were talking about the bat who had lost an eye that they you know take out of the bat rescue and they try to help him still feel like he can fly. And someone tweeted me and said, I thought bats were blind. Why would it matter that he doesn't have one eye? And that is a that is a misconception. That is not accurate. So, Well, what's the subject matter going to be tomorrow? Is it going to be bats? Well, it could be. I'm just saying, like, these are the types of things Bone of Education is here for, is to set you straight on maybe some, some misnomers or some things you've heard before that are maybe wrong. I used to think that. I thought bats were blind when I was, you know, younger, and then... You find out they're not. They actually have really good sight. It's just really good at night when it's low light. If you show them, like, you know, a rainbow, that's not really something their eyes register that well. But they can definitely see in low light, and that's what they use to help them uh, be able to locate the different uh, insects that they like to eat. That and some echolocation stuff. All right, that's enough for the education. Save it for tomorrow. Bone of Education makes its return tomorrow, 4 o'clock, right here on this dumb show. Uh, I'll get to the recruiting rankings in a second. I have a couple baseball tidbits. If anything, the Reds have brought in two excellent last names in the past 48 hours, Sean Doolittle and Nicky Delmonico. So let's talk about both of those guys. Uh, Sean Doolittle, if he's healthy, he'll be fine for you in the bullpen. So whatever. Uh, Nicky Delmonico will do nothing for you. But he has a good last name, and the ladies like him. He's very handsome. So mm. if you want to Google him, and we have a lot of female listeners, if you're anything like my wife, you'll then just say, I'm going to save him to my memory bank. <laughs> so maybe Nicky Delmonico is your cup of tea. Yeah, he was Was he one of the bigger prospects for you guys coming up with the White Sox? No. Like a few no, years ago? He, no, he, was he just around. had a name. Okay, yeah, he, he was around. That's fine. Uh, and the ageless Nelson Cruz is back with the Twins on a one-year $13 million deal. He is 40 years old. He still hit 16 home runs last season, and that's in the shortened 60-game season. And what I find astonishing about Nelson Cruz is that normally you you get to an advanced age, and maybe the power is still there, but you know you turn into a turn-and-burn guy. Like Frank Thomas was that guy. Frank Thomas was always the type of big guy early in his career. He was going to hit for power, but his... His thing was he would just bloop a single into right field because he had such good bad control, he hit for average. When he got to be an older guy, he couldn't do that anymore, so he just turned into the big guy that tried to pull everything and hit home runs. Nelson Cruz hit over 300 last year, and he's 40 years old and still has tremendous power. Yeah, that's pretty impressive for him, so... Yeah, I'm uh, I'm surprised to see that he's getting another chance when you think of his age and you just think of how long he's been in the game. But when you look at the numbers, still productive, man. Yeah, I mean, if you <laughs> look, man, if you can find a way to to put the bat on the ball, it doesn't matter how old you are, right? I mean, if you can still get the job done, so we'll see if his if he tails off this year. But that was pretty impressive last year for, as you said, only in 56 games, having 16 home runs, being able to hit for average. That's that's pretty good. Well, and I and I I do have to point this out. Nelson Cruz and his boomstick. At one point in his career, he was punished by Major League Baseball for failing a PED test. Okay. So yes, I mean we we would say with Bartolo Colon, where Bartolo Colon every single year we'd be like, oh well, he's done now, and then 
He would go to Europe and get some weird blood-spinning thing done and then come back, and he would pitch another year. I'm not suggesting that's the case with Nelson Cruz because he has not been caught or punished since then, but whenever you see a guy of advanced age doing something, I think it's logical to bring that up, especially if he has a history of it. Did you know this, Mike? I was looking on Baseball Reference just to you know check out some of the other stats that he has, but... They always keep track in the uh, the side there of how they've done if there's been any votes for, you know, like Cy Young or yeah, MVP yeah. or anything like that. Did you know that he has now uh, five seasons where he had an MVP top 10 vote, like got voted into the top 10 MVP voting? Um, two of those years were the last two years. He finished sixth in MVP voting last year. Yeah, in in, in 2019, he had a monster year. Yeah, right? he was ninth in MVP voting that year. So in Silver Slugger both years. So yeah, okay, that that'll that'll work. I mean, for a one year deal, right? It's not like they're committing hundreds of millions of dollars to him. It's one year, thirteen million dollars, and he's still got some pop. That sounds good to and me. And he plays in a huge ballpark in Minneapolis too. It's not like he's taking advantage of some short porch someplace. That place is not a place where you hit for power easily. Man, it is it is stunning looking at his career because yeah, he did not like you're you're totally right about the PED discussion should definitely abound because like the MVP votes all the years where he made it into the top 10 in MVP voting have happened after he turned 33 years old. Like all the seasons that he got those votes that they have kept track of here, that's where they were was after he turned 33. So that's that's incredible. Uh, signing day today, Buckeyes have the second best class in the country, second only to Alabama. Of course, they're the first class in the Big Ten. This is 24-7 sports composite ratings. Buckeyes have 309.49 points, okay? Uh, 21 commits in the class. Far and away the best co- the best uh, school in the Big Ten when it comes to recruiting. Number two in the conference is Meechick, and they are a distant number two with a total of 268.77 points. They have two more commits than the Bucks in this class. They have 23. But just to show you the difference, okay, in the quality of commitment that Ohio State is getting, and I will say again that star ratings do not equal national championships. However, if you look at what Alabama does every single year, that would be pretty hard to refute, okay? Sure. Ohio State in this class, five five-star guys, all right? 13 four-star guys, three three-star guys. Michigan in this class, one five-star guy, 12 four-star guys. And I told you the Buckeyes had three three-star guys. Michigan has 10 of them, okay? Yeah. And that's the second best team in this conference in terms of recruiting. Yeah, I, I think that is a that is a reason why, fair or not, people look around this conference and they say, Yeah, the Buckeyes don't really ever have to play anybody. And I know that we we know that the Big Ten is not what it once was, but it is frustrating when you see some of these teams not being able to pull in the recruits that you think they would be able to, right? It's not like the T V money's, you know, worse for them, right? They all get the same type of T V money. They all can hire really good recruiters. They can build nice facilities. They can get you know, all the perks that you need at a they facility have nice to make facilities. guys want to go. Yeah, right. Especially a school like Michigan. It's, it's apples to apples. We have 100,000 people at the games. You got 100,000 people at the games. We have excellent facilities. You have excellent facilities. We have a, a reputation of winning in college football. You have a reputation of winning. You get the same money, to your point. There are no excuses. Yeah, so I don't, I don't understand how it can be that far off. And the answer is 
there's complacency. There are a lot of schools that have just accepted, well, we're not going to be Ohio State, and that's okay. We just have to beat all these other schools, and then who knows? Maybe you know we'll get lucky against Ohio State, or that'll be our only loss. And that's just, I, I, don't, I don't know. That's not the way that the conference should be. And it, they're not the only ones, obviously. I mean, I think it's a different level, but you see that even in the SEC, where everyone knows Bama is likely to be the best, and then everyone else is kind of fighting for second. You know, so th- they do it at a little bit higher level when it comes to their recruiting. I don't think you're going to see. There's probably uh, what five or six SEC schools that have better numbers than what Michigan put together right there with that class. So I- I'm just saying that's part of where the reputation comes in for the SEC, fair or not. They look at these recruiting rankings and say, well, yeah, look at all the guys they're pulling in. These teams should be better. So when you beat them, that looks better on your resume. It sucks, but you want to blame anybody for that? Blame these coaches who. <laughs> Bringing classes like this in the Big Ten. That's that's the problem right now for Ohio State. So Michigan's number two. Wisconsin is number three. They have 21 commits in this class. They have one five-star guy. They have five four-star guys. And they have 15 three-star guys. Maryland is number four with a 23-commit class. They have themselves a five-star guy. They have four four-star guys. They have 18 three-star guys. Nebraska is fifth. They have no five-star guys, four four-star guys. Penn State, not a good year for them. Now, they'll tell you, well, we only have 16 commits in this class, and that's why we're sixth, because the point total's not going to get where you need it to be with only 16 guys. Fair enough, but you're still a program like Penn State. I told you, Maryland got a five-star guy. Wisconsin got a five-star guy. Michigan got a five-star guy. How many did Penn State get in the 2021 class? I'm guessing they got zero. Zero. They got no five-star guys. They got six four-star guys and ten three-star guys. So in a 16-commit class, ten of those guys, three-star guys. Then it's Iowa 7th, Minnesota 8th, Rutgers 9th, Michigan State, yuck, 10th, Northwestern 11th, Indiana 12th, Purdue 13th, and Illinois (laughs) rounding out the 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 rear. 14-team Big Ten. 14, yeah. Don't look look now, by the way, but uh, Maryland and Rutgers both being in the top 10 in recruiting, guarantee you that is at least part of why Penn State is down where they are. Don't you think? Like, yeah, I mean, Maryland Rutgers is where they are because they have a 21-person class, and ju- so they they've managed to get their way up to ninth. Yeah, right? I'm just like, saying. I'm saying that like Rutgers will be able to recruit some of the guys. I'm not saying they're going to get five-star guys to go to Rutgers. I'm saying Rutgers will be able to get better recruits with Shiano than than they have previously. And then that will be something that will dent Penn State's traditional recruiting advantage in New Jersey. Like there's there's decent college football talent coming out of New Jersey, not not to the level that you see in some other states, right? It's not Florida or Texas, but it's a place that can be taken if Rutgers can keep a few of their guys home. And Penn State has that's usually one of their big recruiting bases. So as Rutgers kind of climbs up a little bit, Maryland also is not that far off from being a place too where you've enjoyed that recruiting advantage, Penn State on that East Coast, those schools being able to recruit a little bit better is going to put a dent in Penn State's game if they don't up it and if they don't figure out how to get better at it. And of course, next year is the year that we're sort of looking at for Ohio State to have perhaps the best class they've ever had and the best class in the country. Ten commits on the books for 2022 for the Buckeyes. Nine of them are five-star guys and four-star guys. Jeez. Nine of their ten. 
It's pretty great. And it's that's, only going to get better. I mean, every, you we know, hope so. got plenty more to add to that. So yeah, that's, that's pretty amazing. Peyton Manning is helping out his old team. Details next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. You're going to find some slow traffic on 670 westbound between 71 and 4th Street. Plan on some backups in that area. And more delays on 71 southbound between 670 and East Broad Street. Plan on some delays there as well. This traffic report is sponsored by Fresh Time Market. Get ready for the big game with your local Fresh Time Market grocery store. This week, save on fresh Haas avocados, two for a dollar, now through February 9th. Get ready for better at Fresh Time. Real healthy foods, real affordable prices. I'm Leanna Ray with fan traffic. Did you feel that? It's your radio getting fatter. Getting fatter. Chubby time! This is Common Man and T-Bone. Tonight is a big night on the fan. Here's what we have. 6 o'clock Buckeye Show. Timmy Hall is stupid, but he will talk to you tonight. Just Timmy or somebody else tonight, too? Do we know? Is it all Tim all the time? Chops. Oh, hi. Yeah. All right. Tim and Chops. I'm excited for that show. All right. Buckeye show at 6 o'clock. Then at 7 o'clock, Jacket's conversation with the Inside Edge. 8 o'clock, 11 Warriors Radio Hour. 9 o'clock, Perverted. If we get those uh, podcast reviews up, maybe. Maybe Mm -hmm. we can do it. That'll be fun. By the way, Mike, I don't know if you have seen any podcast listenership from Brazil, but I might know who it is. Okay. Well, that's good because we might know at least one guy listening in Brazil. Chet tweeted the show and said, uh, I heard you talking about too much cold and too much snow. Here's a shot of our living room clock right now at our house in Brazil. It is 6 p.m. in Brazil because, you know, they're a little ahead of us. Said, notice the bottom right corner, 86 degrees Fahrenheit. That's the inside the house temperature. That's miserable. Wish I could give you some. Uh, and I, I don't know. I would, I would take like 30 degrees of that, drop you down to like mid 50s, bump us up to like, 60s or so yeah i'd be good with that that'd be very nice but yeah chet's listening in brazil so thank you well thank you chet i was looking at our podcast numbers actually just yesterday we are growing every single month we are well into the six figures in terms of downloads and i i look at the the country breakdown and i'm astonished to see some of these numbers in certain countries now i i assume that most of it is you know, expats that move there and they work and live there and they still listen to the show. But, you know, I wonder, I, because you search for podcasts, you can find, sometimes people find us by accident, right? Because they just put in search for common or something and it, the show just pops up and maybe they're like, well, what's this dumb show with these two fat idiots? Let me check it out. I wonder if they're like, because we do well in, uh, in Kenya. I wonder if there are any native Kenyans that listen to the show and enjoy the show. Maybe. I, I have no idea. I, it's hard to say, Mike, but I know we're very popular in uh, in you know, all over the world, I guess, because we've got listeners from all over the world. But Brazil is a place I've always wanted to go to. I think it's a beautiful country from everything I've seen. I'd, I'd love to go there. Everything you've seen. I know what you've seen. It's the same videos that I've seen. What? No, I'm saying What are you watching, Rick Steves videos? No, you're watching the... <laughs> Mike Actually, in Brazil, Carmel no, Thorn watched, videos that I'm watching. I watched a little bit of uh, River Monsters where you get to see uh, the Amazon, right? You got that? Mm-hmm, yeah. Don't forget, Mike, Brazil is a very big country. It's one of I the understand. largest countries but in the I world. Like, I like how you pretend that you're not disgusting. I'm not saying I'm, what are you talking about? I, I like soccer. 
I like beaches. I like other things that are not those things. I like Amazon with the piranhas in it and the fish yeah, that swim I'm sure inside. You're going, of- you're going to Brazil. You're going to the Amazon. I'm quite sure. <laughs> you don't want to go swimming in the Amazon. You've heard about what they've got there, no, right? No. I'm not okay. going swimming. I saw well, you got- Anaconda. Well, you got anacondas, you got piranhas in the Amazon, in, in the Amazon River. And then you have the fish that swim into, into your peepee. Yeah. Mm. They burrow in your, in your peepee. They do. Yeah. Those, that's all in there. So I don't, I don't, I'm not going there to swim for sure. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Maybe that, maybe I would create such a wake when I get in there that all that would leave, but I don't think so. There's, some big stuff in in Brazil. You know what man? else you, you have in, in Brazil? Because obviously the Amazon's very big. You have some indigenous tribes in in yes. uh, in the Amazon that don't have any contact with human beings really at all. Oh yeah, I you mean, can it's, you it's, can be the welcoming committee, Bone. No, no, because no, no, no. You no. you travel to their hut? No, right? no, no, no. And you know. You're not a you're not a very threatening guy. You're like a big lovable guy. People want to come up to you and give Are you a hug. Are you kidding? No. If that, if they saw me, number one, they there would probably be like a shock that a human could get that large, and then also a shock that a human could be that pasty. And yeah, but I I have. But there are not stories. Threatening is what I'm. I'm saying. You I can, didn't say I'm threatening, but I'm I'm an outsider. I I would probably not be. They welcome. would welcome you. No, I because they'd be I, fascinated by you. Listen, I think I've, there's stories about like not, not just in the Amazon, there's other islands, there's remote parts of the world where there are people who have lived a certain way, a certain culture for, for generations and they have no contact with the outside world and they kill people who go and try to make contact. Yeah, we, we had the story of that Christian missionary from the United yeah. States. There is a tribe of people on an island off of India. Yes. That they the government says you, it's it's illegal to go to that island. You can't even get close to it. This Christian missionary from the United States wanted to go and spread the word to these people, so he hired some fishermen to take him to the island. And they're like, "Hey, man, we're just we're going to take you here, and then you have to like swim there if you want to swim there." And he did. He got out of the boat and he swam there. And the fisherman said, "And the last thing we saw was them dragging his dead body into the woods." Yeah, they. I'm. Listen, man. Why? Why? Why are we trying? Why are you trying to bother these people? They live their life. Let them live their life. If they if, again, I think that's we're infringing on their abilities, right? Let them be who they want to be. Let them live over there. And if if that is we're afraid of outsiders and we'll murder you to death if you come in here and yes, I said murder you to death and I stand by that statement, then fine. That you have made your you have made that known to the rest of the world, we will leave you alone. I think that's a great idea is to not go and infringe on those people's rights to live. So let them live literally and let me live by not going there. That's what I say. Frank Reich is the coach of the Colts. He's also a friend of the Pygmies. He has a quarterback situation. He said he was getting some advice from one of the greatest of all time. Says he called up Peyton Manning. Says, after Phillip retired, I started going, okay, here's all the quarterbacks who could be out there. And as we're talking about who's going to be our starting quarterback next year, yeah, I called Peyton and asked him his opinion on some of the guys. When you hear from Peyton, it's ob- it obviously carries a ton of weight, carries a ton of weight, whatever percentage of all the other opinions matter, which is smaller of the overall picture. Peyton's percentage is going to be higher because of who he is. Now, there are some rumors today, kids. They are like fan site rumors, though. I haven't seen anybody of note really put this out there that Andrew Luck is seriously considering coming out of retirement and playing for the Colts again. I guess that would be their 
best case scenario, right? But as of now, I haven't seen anything to substantiate that. Yeah, I, I would I would find that to be highly unlikely. Have you heard much of him since no, he left? And apparently no one has. No one has really right. heard from him. He's just enjoying life. He's like a stay at home dad, so let him live. Don't get me wrong. I mean, far be it from us to know what's going on inside his head, and he may just have enjoyed his time off and then decided, yes, I am I've I've recouped, I have had enough of a mental break and every other break physically so I can recover, be ready to go. And now I do want to go back and try to, you know, take care of some unfinished business. Maybe that is a motivator for him, but he's always struck me as someone when you, you know, read about him or, or listen to anything he's ever said, you know, going back to his days at Stanford where everyone said, you'll be the number one pick if you come out and, and go in the draft this year. And he said, that's okay. I want to take some architecture classes. I'm attending Stanford. I'd like to continue my education. People were shocked when he just said, yeah, I'll be a quarterback when it's time. I'm not ready to do that right now. I would be shocked if now is the time after he's made a lot of money, he has proven he can do it in the NFL, and then all the injuries that he had. I, I would be surprised if he says, yes, now I want to come out and help help the Colts win. I don't. I, I think that is a that would be shocking to me if that happens. Jared Goff opens up about being traded to Detroit, and John Gruden is stupid. That is coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. Watch out for an accident blocking the left lane of US 23 northbound at 270. This accident does involve an injury with emergency crews on scene. Please be extra cautious over here as they work to get this cleaned up and watch out for those crews. This traffic report is sponsored by Staples Stores. Staples has what you need, like furniture, the latest tech products, and organization solutions, all at amazing prices. Right now, save up to $25 on select TurboTax software supplies, including TurboTax Live at Staples. And on the 13th, while supplies last, maximize your refund at Staples. I'm the NRA with fan traffic. Just be glad you aren't as stupid as these two. Oh, yes. This, this is Common Man and T-Bone. Now, I bring this to you guys because, you know, I don't watch any new movies. I don't watch any shows, any scripted shows on TV. So I don't know what's good. All right. All right. But I saw the Golden Globe nominations came out today. And one of the things I keep seeing with snubs is something called I May Destroy You, which to me sounds like the band who opens for Evanescence. Do you guys know what I May Destroy You is? Um, I do not know of it. I do not recall hearing of it. So I do not know that movie either. Okay. Well, no. apparently it's it's either a movie or a show, and people are pissed off it didn't get a nomination. Um, yeah, it's it looks like it's a show, but I don't know much about it. Unfortunately, I'm going to say it's a rock band with a chick singer that wears too much mascara who opens for Evanescence. I may destroy you. <laughs> All right, that's good. By the way, have you did did Bridgerton get any nods for Ooh. anything? What is that Bridg a person? Bridgerton? Bridgerton. Have you heard of Bridgerton? No. Oh, that's a big deal at our house now. That uh, was on Netflix, I think. And uh yeah, it's like it's like Gossip Girl if it was set in the, you know, like 18th century in England. Um, okay. But there's a I probably like it then. There's a lot of sex. So oh. there's that too. Like there's a lot of uh yeah, like I I was sitting down to watch it. Melissa was watching it, and all of a sudden, it's like boom! There's everything, and I'm going, yeah, this is this is a lot. And she goes, yeah, there's a lot of this in this show. And I said, well, you know, if you're interested in watching that, but minus all the the fluff, 
there is a couple of websites I could direct you toward, and then she slapped me and said, get out of here. I'm trying to watch this. So I said, okay, now, fine. Here's the thing, man. I've, I've seen some of these period shows before about uh, you know sex in the old world. You said this was, what, 18th century or 17th century? I, yeah, I'm bad at centuries. It's, it's old and everybody's stuffy and British. And yes, okay. so let's say 17th, 18th century. As, they're all nobles and stuff like that. As we've discussed, though... You know, we tend to glamorize what it was like back then with the with the castles and with the the royal houses and the dresses and all that stuff. The reality is most of their day was consumed with dealing with pubic lice. All right. And like <laughs> the bugs that are in the house and like I, I'm, I'm serious. I'm dead serious. I, know, I believe I mean, you. Kristen yes. and I are in one of these noble homes in the English countryside. We're taking one of these tours, right? Professionally guided tours, and they're telling us they're telling us how you know the the noble women back in the day they would put like a little piece of sausage in between their cleavage so that the lice would have some place to go so they wouldn't bite their skin, they would eat the sausage. And these are people in like the the fanciest of dresses, and they're wearing the wigs, and they're going to the balls. But at the same time, they all are just like pooping on the ground and worried about pubic lice all the time. That's your maybe nobility. The, maybe the nobles had like a bucket, maybe that they would. Uh, I, I, I don't know. I'm finished with it now. Take it away. I don't need it here. Thank you. No, it's it's. I was told that the the sex had a reason. Like it is not just gratuitous no, because right. in this in this show, you know, sex does have a reason. It's called procreating. <laughs> <laughs> But in the story, I was told, again, by a fan of this show who lives in my house, uh, she was saying that this in this show, like the, the men are all very well versed in how things go because before they get married, they go off and like sow their wild oats with a, with a bunch of whores. Mm-hmm. And so they know all the tricks, but the women are very repressed and don't know any of this because they're not allowed to by society. So this is... This is to, meant to show the difference between men and women in this time. And I said, that's great. This has gone on for 17 minutes. Like, I don't know. That, I mean, there's a lot going on here. There's, I'm seeing all kinds. <laughs> like, I don't know if I get it. It's, a, it's, it's trying to illustrate a point. I think there's, the, I've seen things that go 17 minutes on the internet that also are trying to make some societal point that involve two people getting naked. I don't so. have to watch for 17 minutes. <laughs> True enough. Get the hell out of here. 17 minutes. <laughs> Now, when you yeah. say someone in your house is obsessed with this, I hope we're, we're talking yes, about it's Melissa, and not, yes, not the nine-year-old. No, this is the, the other problem. is because the, <laughs> the kids get up after you put them to bed, and they like, I got a question about this, and then we you know talk to them and all that. Well, now, like, because this will be watched, you know, on the TV, and all of a sudden, like, kids come downstairs, and it's mm-hmm. quick grab the remote because you know there's a lot of a lot of naked time going on on this show, so. Just there you go. If your if your wife bugs you, if you're you know someone who doesn't usually watch that stuff, she says, "Let's watch Bridgerton." Just say, "Oh, honey, if you want to, I'm sure. I I don't really know what to expect. Just know nudity. That's what okay. you can expect." Uh, John Gruden is stupid. He is the coach of the Raiders, as you know, and it must make Raider fans feel so happy they have this dummy running their team. So he was uh, he was asked about Deshaun Watson. He said, I personally look at this like a fantasy world. They have a new GM who just went through a year in New England without Tom Brady. I think he has a pretty good, pretty good idea of just how important Deshaun Watson is to the Texans. I don't think there's any way in the world they trade Deshaun Watson. And if they did, the compensation would be like they'd have to give up like seven number one draft picks. 
All right. <laughs> Let's discuss this. Um, yeah. This is not in the Texans' hands right now, okay? They may think they have the power. They have no power. We're not talking about a guy who has not made any money in his career and is just going to be scared into reporting to camp because he doesn't want to lose those game checks. I truly believe that Deshaun Watson will not play another game with the Houston Texans, and if they're going to be stubborn and not trade him, then he will sit out until he forces the issue. The other thing... John Gruden, for as long as this guy's been around the game, I understand maybe he's just doing shtick, talking about how good Deshaun Watson is. Do you honestly think in your pea brain that it's seven first-round picks to get Deshaun Watson? Get the hell out of here. No, I mean, people are basing that off of what it took to get Matt Stafford, but they neglect to think that part of that deal was also sending a giant contract the other way that a team was looking to get rid of. So... Yeah, there there was a little bit going along with that. It was not just two first-rounders for Matt Stafford. So I don't think that's what you're going to see for Deshaun Watson. I think it will be a lot. I think it might take two firsts, two seconds, maybe some other sweeteners there. But, you know, he's got a massive contract as well, and rightfully so. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the game. But to your point, Mike, where you said, you know, he's he's made a lot of money in his career. He has. Uh, he's been on his rookie deal, and now the, now the real money is starting to kick in. But... You know, he is going to be set to make this upcoming season like $10.5 million. Next year, he's set to make $35 million. The year after that, $37 million. If he plays any of those years, he'll be fine. You know what I mean? So the idea that he sits out this year, oh, no, he wouldn't want to do that because he's got to stand to lose too much money. You know how much money he's going to make over the rest of his career? Like, he'll be fine if he plays. He's, he's fine right, now. Right, he's fine too. now, and he'll be fine if he plays one more year. I mean, just... Like, what are we talking about? I mean, yeah, he's he's going to be A-OK to sit out this year or to sit out games to make the Texans sweat. I agree with you. There's no way that he's playing there unless something drastically changes. But GM and coach has already been decided upon. So what else can you change at this point? Obviously, he doesn't like the direction they're going in. Uh, Jared Goff talking about his trade to the Lions. He says, as the quarterback, as the guy that's arguably the most important position on the field, if you're in a place that you're not wanted and they want to move on from you, the feeling's mutual. You don't want to be in the wrong place. It became increasingly clear that was the case. He was asked then, like, when, when do you think it started to go wrong for you with Sean McVay? He said, that's the tough part right now is trying to figure that out. When did that happen? Those are all conversations that I may or may not have and try and figure it out. That's the conversation to have. So clearly this is all a big shock to him, man. He signed the long-term deal there. He was playing in the Super Bowl, got back to the playoffs this year. He thought he was going to be their long-term option in Los Angeles. I'm sure he was told that countless times by the coaching staff and ownership. And now he finds himself in a weird situation with the Lions and I mean, yes, he can look at his bank account and feel good about himself, but just as a professional and probably, you know, a gamer and a perfectionist, he wants to have some sort of stability in his career and figure out where is his best chance to win, and he doesn't know where it went wrong with L.A. Yeah, I, I'm sure he doesn't, but I think that's that's what happens when you sign a giant contract like that. I mean, the thought can creep in that now – there's a huge belief in you in the organization. And the reality is they sign you those big contracts, especially when you're a quarterback, because replacing you is going to be difficult from the standpoint of finding another guy that you think can be franchise level. 
but they also had concerns about him, I'm pretty sure, when they signed that deal. Maybe not to the level that they, they should have. Maybe they should have been more concerned. Yeah, and not because done they the didn't deal. have to sign him to that deal. Right, but I'm saying, they, I'm sure, looked at that and said, we know this is a risk. We're taking a risk because we want to get our, our guy, and if he's what we think he is, then this will be a bargain. And then they were wrong, so now they have to get out of that deal. And so they found a way to make the best of it. That probably does suck for him, but... Yeah, he got paid a lot for it to suck for him, I guess. All the news and notes you need as we go on campus coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. An accident to watch out for right now. You'll find a crash on 71 southbound at East Broad Street. Plan on some heavy backups over here. Traffic is slow from 5th Avenue. Please be careful as they work to get the roadway clear in this area. This traffic report is sponsored by Indeed.com. With Indeed, there's no waiting for real results. Indeed searches through the millions of resumes in the database to deliver great candidates who fit your job description. Claim your $75 credit towards your first upgraded post at Indeed.com slash credit. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Leanna Ray with fan traffic. Hey. The show that will tickle you stupid. This is Man and Bone. Tomorrow, it returns. Not every day, but just once a week, every single Thursday, this here moving forward. Bone of Education returns tomorrow. T-Bone is going to tell us about something new every single week. Mm-hmm. And I think tomorrow you need to start out with pubic lice in olden times. That's what I think we need maybe, to learn about. Maybe maybe we can start there. I did. I was saying I didn't know the dates of Bridgerton that show, and I wasn't sure what the what the the time period was. I said yeah. it was England in like the 1700s. Turns out it was 1800s, the Regency era which is right after like the American Revolution. So okay. it's so England has just lost to America and they're trying to gather themselves and the old establishment now is kind of shaken up a bit, I guess. So right. there you go. That's the scenario that we're talking about. And apparently everyone was having a lot of sex. Mm-hmm. That's what I learned. So there you go. We don't have any now. Uh, it's signing day and it's time for some on campus. Let's do it, Teddy. Common Man and T-Bones. On campus, the latest college sports news and notes. Sponsored by Logan AC and Heat Services. Feeling the chill? Call the experts at Logan Services now for hot deals on train furnaces, including 0% APR for 60 months. Bone! Well, man, defensive back Brendan Radley-Hiles, he's a three-year starter at Oklahoma. He's entered the transfer portal. He's got 115 tackles, nine tackles for loss, 14 passes defended, and three picks in his career for the Sooners. He had one and has one year of eligibility remaining. Uh, Scored on a 30-yard pick against South Dakota in 2019. Had a pick against TCU in 2019 as well that helped preserve a win and launched the Sooners into the Big 12 title game, but... He was a five-star recruit when he came out of high school. He has been criticized by fans for some on-field mistakes, but that's a guy with a lot of experience at a you know big-time program. Not necessarily known always for their great defenses, but yeah, Brendan Radley Hiles. Keep an eye on where he ends up going because that's a veteran guy who should have some some people who'll be interested in him. Uh, Alabama has hired Jay Graham to coach special teams and tight ends. He spent did Graham the last season as Tennessee's running backs coach. Position he also held at Texas A&M, South Carolina, and Florida State. 
He spent five years at FSU from 2013 to 2017, so that is another addition to the Nick Saban coaching staff, and I'm quite sure he will be the head coach of the Patriots in sometime less than five years. <laughs> Not Nick Saban, Graham. No, 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 right? Graham. No, Graham. Yeah. Jay, this Jay Graham guy, because he'll be, that'll be, Belichick will be done, and they'll be like, all right, it's time to just promote him. And so there you go. If they, yeah, if they decide to go that route, Georgia Tech will be hosting North Carolina at Mercedes Benz Stadium in 2021. Uh, that has been now announced as one of the games that they hope to be able to have in that stadium. They are, are doing six consecutive years that uh, Georgia Tech will be hosting a game in that stadium. So they announced this is going to be a September 25th matchup. Uh, it was moved from Bobby Dodd Stadium. Now going to be at Georgia Tech. Are now going to be at the Falcon Stadium, which is just two miles away, so not that big of a deal. But if you were planning on attending, Mike, and I know you were, oh, I was. I'd love. Now the you just need to not aim for Bobby Dodd Stadium. You need to head over to the uh, what is it, Megatron's BH? I guess is what we're supposed to call that stadium. So there you go. <laughs> that's that's where you need to go. And I didn't I didn't realize that he was involved in this, but that's cool. Teddy Bruschi is back in football, and he is returning to Arizona. He will serve as a senior advisor to new coach Jed Fish. Mm. He was a two-time They got consensus. a good thing going at Arizona if you've paid attention to their program the last couple of years. Yeah, no Jesus. kidding, right? Yeah, it's been bad. So, two-time consensus All-American, Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Year during his four-year stint in Tucson, which was back in 92 to 95. Uh, of course, we know how he was great in the NFL with the Patriots, winning Super Bowls. Anyway, he uh, is now the lead analyst there. He's going to be helping out with some executive football management team that they have and a consultant to the football staff. He'll also assist in alumni relations, fundraising, playing golf with boosters. Who knows? He'll be doing it all. So in either case, Dude. that is something that they're trying to reinstall. Dude, it's impossible to drive from Phoenix to Tucson and not see a minimum of 10 dead dogs on the highway. Dude. <laughs> I, it's one of the most random facts that Torg ever told us, but it is That's one that he That's my promise did. to you. Minimum 10 dead dogs. <laughs> Hi, I'm Torg for Highway Roadkill. Yes, that's exactly right. Uh, this was a big deal. Uh, former LSU tight end Eric Gilbert has chosen to transfer, and now we know where he is going to be transferring to. He will be transferring to Florida. So that is not exactly going away from... The conference are going outside. Of, no, he's going right to Florida, where, of course, uh, they are going to be needing a replacement for star tight end Kyle Pitts. So Eric Gilbert will probably be that guy. He said, this is the best situation for me, and I'm excited to join the family. The six foot five, 253-pound Gilbert, five-star prospect, and the number one tight end in the 2020 recruiting class. He left the Tigers with two games remaining this past season, and he's likely to gain immediate eligibility under the NCAA's relaxed transfer rules due to COVID. So... Yeah, this is a, a big get for them. So that's that's pretty that's to me surprising that he would go just right from LSU to Florida and say I don't care that we, you know, same conference any of that. Nope. Ready to go. They may have been coyotes or chupacabras. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> If you've missed anything from the first two hours of the program, we got you covered with the rundown coming up. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. 
Good afternoon. You'll find that earlier accident has cleared from 71 southbound at East Broad Street. All lanes have reopened in that area, but traffic is still slow as it recovers. Plan on some residual backups coming from 670. This traffic report is sponsored by Indeed.com. Find quality candidates fast with Indeed Instant Match. Indeed searches through millions of resumes in their database to deliver candidates who fit your job description instantly. Claim a $75 credit on your first post at Indeed.com slash credit. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Leanna Ray with Van Traffic. Get in touch with your stupid. If worms had machine guns, then birds wouldn't be scared of them. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Happy Wednesday. We have name dropping with Jeff Rimmer, our buddy, coming up at 534. What else was I going to say? I don't know. I don't know either. Did it have to do with large bats or Regency-era sex in England? No. Because those are things we've talked about today. I didn't know if either of those were something you were thinking about. Mm-hmm. I think every single day we should try and offend 10 more people. Okay. Why that should would, be the goal. What, in what way? Well, I, I mean, there's, sure. there's, there's easy ways to offend way more than 10 people every day if that's your no, only goal. See, but. here's the thing is that we've... We've bred out a lot of the easily offended. I assume if you listen to this show on a regular basis, you're from pretty hardy stock. You don't get offended easily. Yeah, that's probably true. I mean, back in the day, I'd get the emails every day. Every day. Oh, my God, I heard this, and my sensibilities have been ruined, and what am I going to tell my kids? Uh, Yeah, I mean, today... Kids, you're a bad father. Change the radio (laughs) station. What What do you want from me? Today you talked about a fish. Well, we both did talking about a fish that swims up your uh, your your wee wee. And that's uh, a real thing. Let me tell yeah. you, we're, we're preparing the younger generation. If your kid finds itself in the Amazon just swimming around, I'm trying to prepare them that there is a fish out there that likes to burrow in your urethra and live there. Right. I that again, your kids may not know that, but then what if you just end up winning a free trip to the Amazon? And they're mm-hmm. just like, awesome, I'm going to jump in the river. And you don't prepare them for what could be happening. You know? I mean, you got a Free trip to the Amazon. Where it happens you win all the time. It ha- I don't know. Probably. Uh, you, there are all kinds of grocery stores giving that away, probably. Just, I remember when know. I was a teenager, like my mother got like the Home and Garden magazine, whatever it was. And I would read it sometimes when I was on the crapper. And so I'm reading it on the crapper. And in the Home and Garden magazine, there is a contest for you to enter. For an all expenses paid trip to Houston, Texas. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they had contests and they had like pictures of Houston. And you, you know, this was back in the day. You couldn't just go online and, you know, enter to win. You had to tear out the card and then put it in the mail. And that's how you entered. So I'm reading it one time and thought nothing of it. Next month, I'm back on the crapper reading the next month's issue of that magazine. And they printed. Something in the magazine that made me laugh so hard. They had to explain, I guess, per the rules of the contest, that they did not give away a trip to Houston because no one entered. <laughs> <laughs> they had, they had to tell you that, hey, you know, we had this trip, but no one entered, and so that's why we didn't give it away. Well, and, I wonder and- if that would be the same thing with a trip to the Amazon. Would people enter for that? That's pretty bad, too, if no one entered. Because you know if they got five entries out of... This was when magazines were a little more impactful than maybe they are today. The print industry, not what it used to be. 
That would, I mean, if you get five entries, they would have probably made that into a thing like, oh, we got so many mm-hmm. different people, but you know what? We picked, you know, whoever, and they're going to go to Houston. No one even submit that. That tells you they legitimately had no one, and they couldn't just fudge that to give it to one of their employees because that would not look good. So, yikes, that's bad. Yeah, yeah, zoinks. zoinks. Uh, rundown. Let's do it, Teddy. Common man and T bones. The rundown. The rundown. Jackets wore the reverse retros last night, and it did not go well. They were not good. They lost to Dallas 6-3. to Line A made his debut, let everybody in ice time, but scoring chances were few and far between last night. Dallas had a plan, and their plan was to shoot the puck as much as they possibly could, get some traffic in front of Corpy, and disrupt things, and they were successful doing that. Same two teams again tomorrow night. Yeah, I, I guess the, what I will say here is, I think that Patrick Line is certainly going to add some something to this attack that we've not seen for a while, which is he gets a lot of space out there. Did you notice that? Where they 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 were tending to back off of him a little bit more, which of course means they're going to say, "Go ahead, we want to we want to see don't want to get burned by this guy, but also we want to see if if someone else can step up and when you pass it off, can they make a play?" So. I think you're going to see that probably change a little bit as teams try to go after him and see what he can do and hopefully the jackets can capitalize when those opportunities occur but in the meantime uh while they're waiting for him to kind of figure out how to interact with this offense and he even said it was a little difficult for him out there last night uh you're going to need defensively better effort than what you saw that's Absolutely. just not that's not going to be acceptable at all anytime even if he's going really well you cannot have that type of defensive effort they had in the first two periods so More hockey conversation with Rimmer coming up at 534. Today is signing day. Buckeyes have the number two class in the nation behind Alabama. You know, the excitement of this day used to be a thing where you just hang around the fax machine and wait for the sheets to come in and lots of influential recruits would wait until today to announce their decision. That's not the case anymore. You know, Ryan Day was talking to the media today and he was saying, yeah, well, I just... I just walked past most of these guys in the weight room, and now I'm talking about them because the reality is most of these guys are on campus already. So, you know, Buckeyes didn't get any surprises today. Everybody who was there was already there. Everybody had their their letters in. Everything was signed at this point. So it's more just a formality, but today, signing day. Yeah, and and that's that's fine with me. I mean, I like that they have the earlier signing period. As we've talked about before, Mike, I'd be fine if they said every offer that you make is instantly committable and signable and then get rid of a national signing day altogether. I would just rather them say... And that includes you want, when you recruit somebody as an eighth grader, you're saying. Yeah, right. Well, that would that would just cease to exist, or it would only exist very rarely that someone is in eighth grade and you give them an offer. It, I, I think it would just be better that if you're going to make these offers, let them be signed right away, and, if, and, and then that's good. That gives more security to the players. But in the meantime, since they don't have that, I like the earlier signing period, the earlier, the better you can do that. I'm, I'm totally for it. Uh, but yeah, today, Buckeyes, this is the reality. Everybody in the conference is chasing what Ohio State does. Ohio State is chasing very few, if any, teams. But the one team that they are going to be compared to is Alabama. Alabama had a slightly better day than the Buckeyes did today. But outside of that, you can't get much better than what Ohio State did. So kudos to that coaching staff. They've done a tremendous job in all the recruiting that goes in. Now the hard work begins of turning those recruits into full-fledged Buckeyes who can go out there and get the job done. Here's the uh, here's the full conference rankings for the 2021 class. Buckeyes, of course, number one, uh, five five star recruits in the in the class, thirteen four star guys. Meat Chicken is number two and a distant number two in terms of points. 
They only had one five-star guy and 12 four-star guys. Wisconsin's number three, Maryland four, uh, Nebraska five, Penn State six, although they'll tell you they only have 16 commits in this class. And next year, watch out for Penn State. That's what they'll tell you. Sure. Iowa is seventh, Minnesota eighth, Rutgers ninth, Michigan State, Wolf tenth, Northwestern 11th, Indiana 12th, Purdue 13th, and Illinois in the caboose for the Big Ten. Yeah, I think that it it is interesting to me that Maryland and Rutgers are both in the top 10, and Penn State is down from where they normally would be. I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that uh, Penn State has enjoyed a little bit of a, a you know benefit of being able to recruit those areas and not having a ton of resistance, but... Now you've got a couple guys who seem to know how to recruit, and Mike Loxley at Maryland and uh, Greg Shiano at Rutgers. So I think th- that that might explain a little bit of why Penn State's down. As you said, they didn't have as many guys to recruit either, so that's part of it too. But, yeah, I, I wonder if uh, Rutgers will be able to take more dents out of Penn State than previously because now that you've got Shiano there, he does seem to know how to build a team up, and I don't think they're ever going to compete for Big Ten titles or anything, but they will be certainly more competitive than they have been previously. We also got some clarification on the coaching staff today. So Greg Madison has retired, co-defensive coordinator. We knew that already. We learned today that Parker Fleming, who was quality control coach the past three seasons, he's now going to be special teams coordinator. Matt Barnes, who was special teams coordinator and assistant secondary coach, will now be the secondary coach. And Kerry Combs will continue to oversee the secondary and he's going to be defensive coordinator. There's no co-defensive coordinator. It's going to be his job. I'm a little bit surprised that Ryan Day did not go outside of the school and look for somebody to help out Kerry Combs. So time will tell if this is the right decision to make. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say he's doubling down on Kerry Combs, but more or less saying that he thinks they're okay to, that he's the man to lead this defense and get it to a place where it wasn't this year. Flat out, this is not good enough what you saw this defense do this past season. Maybe it would have improved enough had they played a regular number of games, you know, 13 plus, where maybe by the time they get to 13 plus, they, they would have rounded into something a little bit better. But yeah, that, that they cannot have another season like that at, at defensively and have him still be the defensive coordinator. So, it's a big challenge for him. It is certainly a lot of responsibility that Ryan Day is putting on him and saying we believe he can get the job done. We'll see if he's up to it. Ryan Day also said today they are hoping to play the spring game on April 17th with a mid-March start to spring practices. This is not set in stone because in a coronavirus world, you can't set anything in stone. I would assume that even if they play this game on the 17th, it'll be in front of no fans or very few fans. But that is the date. All right. Well, hopefully we can get a few fans in, and, and if they can do it socially distanced, I think that's uh, always a good thing. You get a chance to go see the Buckeyes. It just uh, <laughs> it sucks, man. We're, I'm ready for this to be over. I know we all are, but it'll be nice when we can just talk about the spring game and then wonder, will they break attendance records with the spring game or not, instead of going, well, how many fans will they even let in the building? So maybe uh, in 2022 we'll actually get that type of spring game. Let's hope. And we got some Buckeye basketball news today, not of the good variety. Jimmy Sotos, who had been out with the shoulder injury, we learned that the shoulder is actually separated. He has to have surgery. And Chris Holtman said today he's going to be done for the season. He was a transfer from Buck Cherry slash Bucknell. Look at at Teddy. He's He's ready ready. for it. He's ready for it. Cocaine and some bookers. That's that's what Buck Cherry Buck likes. Buck Cherry, yeah. yes. Uh, Jimmy Sotos, I doubt, likes the cocaine and hookers. 
But if he wants to come back next season, because eligibility doesn't count this year, he will have eligibility next year to come back and play for the Buckeyes. Yeah, that's good. Let's hope that he gets recovered because uh, I know that was an added piece of depth that Chris Holman was hoping to count on that he's not going to have going forward the rest of the year. So Tomorrow's too big bad. one, Bone. Huge game, Mike. Huge game at Iowa. You know that there is no coach in this conference that I hate more than Fran McCaffrey. I would love to take it to him. Of course, they're a top 10 opponent. You want to beat the big boys on your schedule, too. If the Buckeyes win that game tomorrow, there may be a little naked common man running down the street. Oh, boy. That's... That's great. I can't mm-hmm. wait. I can actually wait to see it, but I do hope they win. So I guess I can't wait to see it. And I'll be wearing my sandwich board, too, that just has, <laughs> has like expletives for Fran McCaffrey. Because Fran board. likes to just swear all the time. So I'm going to swear at Fran. Is that the cornhole that you had at your house the other day where you mm-hmm. had the. I was like, why are That's there straps the on the hole? Yeah. <laughs> was glory wondering. hole cornhole. It, double, it doubles as a sandwich board and cornhole. That's good. Mm-hmm. Wrap all it up, right. Teddy. Let's go. Common Man and T-Bones, the rundown. The rundown. Just in case you needed a reminder that the 90s were a long time ago, I will give you one coming up next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good evening. Watch out for slowdowns on 670 westbound between 71 and 4th Street. Going to find some backups over there. And more delays on I-70 downtown split eastbound between Livingston Avenue and the 71 East Split. Plan on some slowdowns there as well. This traffic report is sponsored by Allstate. If you're driving less, you could be saving more on car insurance. With pay-per-mile insurance from Allstate, pay for the miles you drive and save on the miles you don't. Call a local Allstate agent and get a quote now. I'm Leanna Ray with Van Traffic. Don't worry, we don't get bones and allergies either. This is Common Man and T-Bone. Hey, big voice guy just told you what I'm going to tell you. Common Man and T-Bone brought to you by Hinder Motorsports here on The Fan. That is correct, Mike. And you have something important to tell I us, too. I have some other stuff to tell you because the big game is coming up, and we can make it more interesting for you. Head to 971thefan.com and check out the Lion's Den Super Props Contest. Enter 15 props for the big game, including things like predicting the coin toss, and you're in the running for a trip to Las Vegas. Best of all, it's free to play. Head to 971thefan.com right now. Like I said, it is free to play. Sponsored by the Lion's Den, celebrating 50 years of providing you with pleasure, passion, and romance. The NFL on CBS tweeted this out today. Since NFL realignment in 2002, seven teams have failed to appear in a conference championship game. Those seven teams are who you would think that they would be because we're talking about teams that haven't been very good since 2002. The Lions, who have never been to the Super Bowl and played in one conference championship game in their existence, by the way. The Bengals, the Brownies, the Washington football team, the Dolphins, the Texans, and the last one, Panama Ted's. Dallas Cowboys, the 90s were a long, long time ago. You know, we sort of, you know, we talk about this team being America's team, and there is no question that when they're on national television, they pull in a bigger number. And it drives me crazy sometimes to see all these NFC East matchups between bad teams, but they do that on purpose because they draw a bigger number when the Cowboys are on TV. But the reality is, The Cowboys really haven't been very good since the 90s. Now, I know that a few years back when Tony Tony Romo was there, they had some 
nice years. And what was it? Is it a game in Green Bay with the catch that wasn't a catch with Des Bryant? And if the officials call that differently, who the hell knows what's going on in that game? But the reality is the Cowboys have not played in a conference championship game in a long, long time. No, they haven't. And I, I do think, though, because I was trying to remember, too, I didn't remember them being that good you know, over the last 20 years. Obviously, they've had a lot of down years, but they've also had years where, I mean, I think they, uh, I was looking back at it, they've gone to the playoffs 10 of the last, well, 10 years since what, 1995. So when that last time where they actually won and won their conference and went to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, that that's that's a not terrible record. It's just they've been able to get to the playoffs and then not really do much. You know, they they really haven't been able to get to that point again but they yeah, had, I don't know if the Cowboys making the playoffs 10 out of a possible 26 years is something you hold a, a parade for well, no I know that but of all those other teams you mentioned like that is something those teams would be like yeah 10 out of 26 well, years exactly. we'll take but that. my point is they the don't Cowboys belong shouldn't in this. be mentioned with those teams yeah yeah that's what my, my point is so like they have been like playoff caliber teams that you would think if you go to the playoffs 10 times over a 20 some year period, maybe one of those times, especially when you have a few teams that were, you know, 12 and four, 13 and three, that type of, you know, 11 and five, you would think one of those might have been able to get to a conference championship game, but no, it never happened. And yeah, I guess it is a little surprising at first to hear that, but then you realize it's really not that surprising when you think back of all the, all the heartbreak they've had, all the times they've lost some of these games, but yeah, it's a, it is a jarring name to see alongside all those other teams. All right, here's the question I have. I gave you seven teams. Lions, Bengals, Browns, Washington, Dolphins, Texans, Cowboys. Which one of those teams is the first one to appear in a conference championship game before the others? To me, it's the Browns. I was just going to say they were... They were <laughs> Arguably a, they were a Chad Henney. They were a Chad Henney run away from possibly having a chance to do that. So... Yeah, man, that's that's a really weird place for me to be. I will say that I think the Cowboys, they're still far away, but if Dak Prescott comes back healthy and ready to go, they've got to fix a lot of other issues with that team. But I wouldn't be surprised to see them back competing for playoff spots soon. But yeah, you're right. Getting to a conference title game, whole different animal. Browns are basically in the best spot as of right now, and that is weird to say. Former NFL tight end Martellus Bennett went on sort of a weird Twitter rant the other day, um, he was talking about how uh, Brandon Marshall, I guess, wants to do celebrity boxing, right? Okay. So he commented on that. He commented, retired six-time Pro Bowlers can get knocked out too, talking about the celebrity fight. Then he went on to clarify his thoughts on that and other things. And maybe if my computer didn't freeze up, I could read you those thoughts. Hold on well, a second. I'm I have I have one of the quotes. Is this the one where he talks about the coaches? Well, here, one of, here's I have it now. Okay. So then he says, honestly, football made me such an angry person. Everything bothered me. Football's interesting. Psychologically, it's really dangerous blank. To really play the game of football, you have to have some effed up wiring in your head. It's chaotic. It takes years and years of brainwashing to go along with a lot of this blank. He says it starts at Pee Wee. That's why you got to watch who's coaching your kids and what they're teaching them beyond the game. He went on to say, he says, a lot of the guys that you watch on Sunday are bad guys. And it's like, yeah, I, I think we know that, right? But then he said, well, there's some, there's some good guys like John Kitna. 
he's a real good guy. He's a real good guy up there with Tom Hanks. And I don't know why that tickled me a little bit because does Martellus Bennett know Tom Hanks or is he just assuming that Tom Hanks is nice and he would get along with him? Yeah, it's definitely a comparison that is weird from the standpoint of we as Americans tend to think Tom Hanks and people who watch movies think Tom Hanks is a pretty nice guy, right? But And he may yeah, be. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, every, everything I've ever heard about him is he's a very nice guy. I've never met him. So saying that John Kitten is up there with Tom Hanks, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that maybe that is valid, but yeah, that's the fine. about the coaches that you were talking about? Well, it was that it was that same type of thing where he was just saying there's he said most of these coaches aren't good men, most of your favorite players aren't good people. He yeah, was just yeah. making the point about how even at the at the peewee level, right? You've got you got to be careful with who's coaching your kids because and and I I think this is a valid point at least to bring up. Not that not I don't agree with him that every person who plays football for the most part is like psychotic or, you know, but again, he would know better than I would. He played with a bunch of these guys. But when you have people who at the youth level value winning so much, and this is not just in football, this is in youth sports, where their main number one goal is to just make sure their team wins regardless, that does lead to problematic situations where you've got coaches who are coaching kids way under the age of 10 and teaching them like the type of life lessons that NFL players say to themselves when they're trying to win a Super Bowl, right? Like, we can acknowledge that Tom Brady is a great player, and also a really weird dude that you probably don't want your kid to grow up and be like Tom Brady in a lot of ways. Maybe you want him to be as successful as Tom Brady, but do you want your kid to be like as psycho as Tom Brady is about everything all the time? I don't. No. I don't think that's healthy. No, so I you're, think there's, you're right. You, or if you, or if you want your kid to develop like that, maybe you don't need him to be that way at eight years old. To be like, Dad, I can't have nightshades. No, like, let the kid figure that out when he becomes an adult. But there is a limit, I think, to where we need to temper back. Like, what do we teach our kids about how to be a good sportsman, how to be a good football player, how to be a good baseball player that doesn't involve necessarily emulating everything that professional athletes do because they're playing at a much different level. Well, to his point, where he talks about, you know, psychologically, there's there's a there's a screw loose. You have to flip a switch and. You know, I used to, they're like method actors, almost. I used to hear these stories from Chris Spielman. Chris Spielman would say that the way he would get motivated on game days is he would envision the quarterback that he's going up against has kidnapped his entire family. And the only way to get his family back would be to get that quarterback. And he would he would believe that. For those three hours he's on the football field, he would believe it. He would turn into Daniel Day-Lewis pretending to be Abraham Lincoln, wiping himself with a corn cob. He would turn into that method actor. You, ha- you have to be a little loony to decide to do this for a living. Yeah, well, I, and that's what I think. That's That's the point I'm getting to is that teaching your kids that, like, Pain is just weakness leaving the body. All right. I mean, that's something that you hear like football players say, and I get it. High schoolers are taught stuff like that. But maybe at eight years old, your kid doesn't need to be psychotic about working out. Maybe your kid just needs to be a kid and learn how to love the game and run around and have fun. And I think there there is something to be said, especially about that youth sports aspect of let's not sure. train the kids all to be like robotic warriors at eight years old. Let them be kids, enjoy the game, and as they get to be 12, 13, 14 years old, they start to figure out if they want to get serious about it. Then, then you go in for like a little bit more of teaching them how to stay focused and how to you know do all these workouts. That's, that's all good, well and good.
Name dropping with Jeff Rimmer is next. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good evening. You're going to find some slow traffic on 670 westbound between I-71 and 4th Street. Plan on some backups in that area. You're going to find more delays on 71 northbound between I-70 and East Broad Street. It's going to be a, you guessed it, a five-minute delay. This traffic report is sponsored by Allstate. If you're driving less, you could be saving more on car insurance. With pay-per-mile insurance from Allstate, pay for the miles you drive and save on the miles you don't. Call a local Allstate agent and get a quote now. I'm the NRA with banned traffic. Biggest name dropper of them all, the CBJ's Jeff Remmer. Every single Wednesday this year time, we talk to our guy, television voice of your Columbus Blue Jackets. It's name dropping with Jeff Rimmer on the Bryant Heating and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Hello, Rims. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Hey, by the way, saw T-Bone on television when I uh, got into the house from Cincinnati after the game Sunday night. T-Bone, maybe stick to radio. <laughs> Thanks, Rims. I appreciate that. I'll do my best. Well, I'll, I'll try to ignore it next time they ask me. No, no, no. I mean, I, I enjoyed the commentary, but uh, you got to, and, and people say it to me all the time, you got to face for radio. I Don't do. That's right. Thank you, Rims. I appreciate that. Name dropping with Jeff Rimmer is sponsored by Rimmer's Friends, Buyers, Imports, by the airport, where if you mention Jeff Rimmer's name, you get a free car. So stop on by. <laughs> yeah, that's I don't a pretty think good that's deal. Quite the I, no, I think it is. I think you should go in and ask them for the Rimmer deal. See what happens. The Rimmer deal, well, they may take you in the back deal. room. <laughs> no, no. There's a Rimmer deal at Buyers by the airport. Uh, they will take care of you, I assure you, be okay. it for service or sales. Mm-hmm. Rimmer said, give me the deal for the service. Yes. Uh, Let's talk about the Jackets from last night. Jackets did not look good against the Stars. They lose. Patrick Laine made his debut. Give me your thoughts. Well, uh, I was excited to to see him, and what really impressed me wasn't so much uh, how he played in the game. I mean, the guy hadn't played. This is not an excuse for him, but he hadn't played in over two weeks. Uh, wasn't even on the ice, uh, but he owned it. He owned the loss. He said, hey, I, I, I'm partially responsible here. My hands uh, weren't very good. Uh, my legs weren't there. I promise you I will be better, and we will be better. And uh, I thought he had a pretty good practice out on the ice today watching him, and, boy, that is one prolific shot that he has. I think next to Ovechkin, he probably has the hardest shot in the National Hockey League. My opinion, as for the game, well, it was not a very good game for the Blue Jackets for the first two periods. I thought they got back to uh, a little bit more of the way they played in the third, but unfortunately, uh, Pavelski had put the game out of reach, and the Blue Jackets ended up on the uh, on the losing side. Dallas, the defending Western Conference champions, I expect the Blue Jackets to play a better game, Mike, tomorrow night. Were you surprised, Rims, by the energy level that uh, the Jackets had coming out there? I mean, I know he's still – I'm trying to keep – my patience level, you know, there with line A, because I know he's been, you know, as you said, off for a few weeks and it takes a little while to break in with your new team. They're not practicing as much, but, you know, I figured that's going to take a little time, but I was surprised at the lack of defensive effort. Has that been surprising to you to see that coming out of the gates yesterday? Well, you know what? Uh, to be totally honest, uh, the Blue Jackets defensively have not been very good uh, most of the season. And in particular, and a lot of fingers being pointed at the top uh, two, and Wierenski and Seth Jones, who admittedly are off to a slow start. 
They need more from those two in particular, not only on the defensive side of things, but offensively. But you're right, as far as the emotion, I expected with line A there and all the excitement of the trade that uh, the team would just come out and and ready to go at, at the drop of the puck. It didn't happen. Dallas, in fact, scored early. And uh, it kind of, if there was any excitement about uh, the addition of line A, uh, it, it was lost uh, with Dallas taking the early lead, for sure. Name dropping with Jeff Rimmer here on The Fan. There's been some debate about this as the season started. How do you prefer to see Zach Wierenski and Seth Jones? Do you like seeing them together or do you like splitting them apart? I like them together. And in fact, uh, at practice today, uh, they were reunited. Uh, I I can understand where Tortorella was coming from to split them up uh, for last night. And actually, he changed all three defensive pairings. But for practice today... uh, and believe me, uh, I think that uh, they've got a lot more to give. They were back together. They will play together. I think they're better together. And uh, I would hope that uh, both of them, it's not just one, but both of them has, have to uh, pick up their game because we're not seeing Warinsky carry the puck as effectively. We're not seeing them making the plays defensively. Seth Jones, I thought, uh, started last night's game. Of course, he scored his first goal of the season. I thought he had a, a better game last night than we've seen through the first or previous 10 games. But uh, the Blue Jackets, if they're going to be successful, they drive the engine on the back line, as Coach Tortorella says, and, and they need those two to lead the way. I saw Eric Robinson has had you know a pretty nice start to the season. He's now got five points in his last six games. He had he had a nice uh, push there yesterday to try to help with one of the goals. What what do you think though of the fact that he's got you know more? He's got another point more than Cam has all season, just in his last six games. I mean. Cam Atkinson right now with four points on the year, that that is not going to get the job done either. Do you think his game gets unlocked a little bit with line A coming in? Uh, I would hope so, and that's why they're thinking of uh, the two of them playing on one line. By the way, uh, I, I know this was the thought going in before line A actually got to play that he would play with Max Domi. That was not the case last night, but watching practice today, Domi is in the middle, Texier on the left wing, Atkinson on the right. And let me just draw this parallel. And, uh, and I'll draw the comparison to Artemi Panarin. When Artemi Panarin and Atkinson played together, that gave Atkinson a little more room on the ice because there was particular attention being paid to Panarin and what he could do offensively with uh, a, a nifty pass or a shot on goal. With line A there, and once he gets the hands and the feet going, you're going to see Atkinson get a little more room. And I suspect that Atkinson then will excel. He needs that room. Uh, He's created some room for himself with his speed, but I think there's going to be a lot more attention paid here to line A, and that's going to free up Atkinson, much like we saw with Panarin and Camp. All right, Rims, let's do some name dropping. I, I know we've we've had to the last couple weeks, but, you know, it was Larry King and it was Tommy Lasorda. And I feel like this segment is developing into Rimmer eulogizes people. So let's let's have a different name today. Someone who's alive. Let's go. Well, I, I, I got to tell you, uh, because so many people know that Larry and I were very, very close friends. I've had a lot of people reach out uh, text wise. 
Uh, I've had phone calls uh, just around Columbus. People have come up to me and, and asked me about Larry and, and sent their condolences. And I thought a lot about it here. And there's one story that I never shared with you that I think you'd really uh, enjoy. And it was a time that uh, I went to Duke Siebert's in, in Washington. And I did that regularly when I was in Baltimore. And we kind of had a standing uh, lunch every couple of weeks at Duke Siebert's. And this one particular uh, day that I was there, uh, if you remember, and, and, and you and, and longtime football fans will remember, the old uh, Brett Musburger NFL Today with Jimmy the Greek Snyder. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy the Greek, Jimmy the Greek was there uh, that particular, uh, uh, what was, uh, I think about Thursday or Friday of the week, because, of course, the games were Sunday at the old Redskin Park. And uh, I got a chance to meet Jimmy the Greek, and lo and behold, I was supposed to go back a couple weeks later because he was in again for a Redskin game. If you remember, those days the Redskins were one of the better teams in the NFL. Uh, And so CBS was always there. And Jimmy the Greek would always come in early and get a few stories for the Sunday NFL today. But when I didn't go and I had a previous assignment was the time that uh, Jimmy Greek was there talking about Art Monk, the talented receiver. And you know what? That particular day I was supposed to be there, uh, he made a couple of comments that uh, ultimately cost him his job at CBS. And uh, uh, Larry was pretty upset about it because basically the camera crew just kind of barged into Duke Zebert's, uh, kind of plunked down their equipment at, at Larry's table, and he had the same table and everybody had to walk by it. And, uh, of course, Jimmy the Greek, uh, a few weeks later, was uh, dismissed by uh, CBS and lost his job at uh, NFL Today. All right, so next week, can we have some alive guys next week, maybe? <laughs> Why? Is, is Jim, I don't even know. Is Jimmy the Greek dead today? I, I don't, he's your buddy. I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. I think he's gone, right? Let's I assume he's so. dead. R.I.P. Right, Jimmy the Greek. Yeah. Uh, all right, Rims, we'll talk to you next week, buddy. Thank you. Uh, I'll uh, try to come up with uh, a couple of names of people that are still alive. How's that? All right, thank you. Uh, not Bobby Orr. Name dropping <laughs> with Jeff Rimmer on the Bryant Heating hey. and Cooling Systems Fan Guest Hotline. Yes, Very Bone. quickly, Jimmy the Greek Snyder, uh, he passed away April 21st of 1996. Oh, so, he's, so he's been dead he, a while. He, he was, he was aware. going to send a card today. He was aware of Major League Soccer, perhaps, because that, I believe, is the year Major League Soccer started. That's how long ago okay. he passed away. So uh, I'm sure maybe, he was aware of it. I'm he sure was he was a very big fan, big fan of Dr. Kamalo back in the day, my guy. Uh, back page coming up, Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good afternoon. You're going to find some slow traffic on 670 westbound between I-71 and 4th Street. Plan on delays in that area. And an accident on East Broad Street east of Maplewood Avenue. It is causing slowdowns here as well. Please use caution. This traffic report is sponsored by Wendy's Breakfast 2 for 4. Have you ever been wronged by bad breakfast? Get the breakfast you deserve with Wendy's Breakfast 2 for 4. Pick two fresh fresh breakfast sandwiches for just 4 bucks, Like their honey butter chicken biscuit, classic sausage egg and cheese, and classic bacon egg and cheese. At participating Wendy's for a limited time, single item at regular price. Only an array with band traffic. Hey. Buckeye Show coming up at the top of the hour. The fine host of the Buckeye Show, your friend and mine, Timmy Hall. Hello, Timmy. You guys, hi. Chops is with you again tonight, huh? 
He is. A little chops week here. I think it has something to do with him coming back from the honeymoon, and he's not allowed around anybody. Uh, that is correct. He uh, he went to Savannah. He and Paula Dean just yelling the N-word together in Savannah, Georgia. <laughs> and, uh, you know, well, Paula's yelling it. Chops is not. But, uh, he's you know, he's not, allowed, yeah. he's not Don't allowed back that. in the studio until he quarantines for a little bit at home. Yeah, and, you know, I also will enjoy doing the show with him. I don't want to say that's the only reason why we're having him on. He's been doing several shows here, so I'll enjoy the company of Chops. That'll be great. Speaking of Paula Dean. Because you know, Bone, I have talked about how I enjoy the Discovery Plus for all the old cooking shows and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they've got tons of stuff on there. They got the Barefoot Contessa stuff from way back. They got the Giada De Laurentiis stuff where she, we, back when she actually pronounced Italian words like they were regular Italian words and didn't overdo it. Mm. She used to do that once upon a time. But they still have not put any of the old Paula Dean stuff on there. Paula Dean wiped from yeah. history. Yeah, go figure. I I wonder why that is. I mean, yes, yeah, some home shopping networks have lower standards, but uh yeah, I would guess the bigger cable companies are probably like, "Nah, we're good. We're not going to Paula Dean and Shaq on the same shopping channel." Yeah. And you're buying uh, your watches there. <laughs> I haven't bought from there in a long time. I have You uh, mean Bones clocks that are attached to his wrists? <laughs> <laughs> I saw, hey guys, by the way, another Shaq commercial. We were talking about all the stuff that Shaq endorses. I saw another one the other day. He's endorsing printer ink. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, Shaq man, and if, printer ink? Let me tell yeah. you, if if they come to me, and, like, and I'm at Shaq's level, right, like- where you have millions and millions and millions of dollars, what type of deals do you think he gets approached with? Do you think he gets approached with, like, hey, man, come and do this. It'll pay you $50? Like, no. I mean, they're they're approaching him with multi-hundreds of thousands of dollars deals, if not know, millions of dollars. I know, but you have hundreds of millions of dollars. You have yeah, it but already. Then, but then they say, hey, you know how you're going to go in and do that like TV thing you're going to do a couple times a week with TNT? Like, We will make it so that as you're on your way into that studio, just swing into this other studio and do this for 20 minutes and then... That'll be all you have to do. Like I can't imagine there's a ton of prep work into a lot of these Eventually, things. Eventually, you're just a whore, and I think Shaq is a whore. He's interesting, though, isn't he, as an endorser? Because can you think of five or six bigger sports superstars that we've had? But yet, it's like Bone was saying, he gets the general. He gets you know the icy hot patch or whatever. He's not doing McDonald's or Coke or he's Gatorade doing Tony, or big He's doing uh, Frosted Flakes. He's doing that. That's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's, that's a, a step that's in the right direction one. for a chef. Pretty big one. Yeah. Let I'm me just ask saying. you a question though. Michael Jordan is he on like Shop HQ selling a hard boiled egg cooker? <laughs> no. Shaq is. No, that's all right though. I like. I mean, look, not everybody's exactly. willing to do that. Not everybody is willing to do that. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Shaq is so good for him. Timmy, what's coming up on the show tonight? We got a good full hour here. We had a Ryan Day press conference today. We had Chris Holtman talking as well. The Buckeye basketball team getting ready for that matchup at Iowa. It was the second signing day, but really just a lot of off-season topics shuffling around with the coaching staff that we'll get into. And we'll say what up, Holmes, to Dave Holmes from 10TV, 633. Big Buckeye show tonight, top of the hour. Then at 7 o'clock, it's the inside edge for some more Blue Jackets conversation. 8 o'clock, 11 Warriors radio hour, 9 o'clock. Kama Sutra Ted with Pervert Ted. Right now. Mm -mm. Stay tuned.
It may be perverted. It may be like Spain and company or whatever's on. That's, that's called you'll that. see. That's, that's right. Quintessential you'll see. Back page. Let's do it. The back page. The back page. With Common Man and T-Bone. Sponsored by Care Heating and Cooling. When you need a company you can trust, call 1-800-COOLING. Bone. Well, man, the Federal Aviation Administration will oversee an investigation into a crash landing of the SpaceX prototype rocket that crashed on Tuesday. The announcement comes after the FAA forced SpaceX to delay the launch as it investigated a previous explosion of a similar rocket prototype. So this latest one, did you see any footage of this, Mike? Are you aware of what happened? So SpaceX, which is Elon Musk's, you know, space... You know, rocket company that's trying to get people to Mars eventually. This was the Starship SN9. It's an early prototype for a rocket the company hopes will carry the first humans to Mars. So they launched in a high-altitude test flight Tuesday. Vehicle traveled a few miles up in the air, hovered for a moment, and then conducted a belly flop maneuver on descent before what was supposed to be if you've ever seen the SpaceX thing where they they have the rockets engaged as it's coming back down and it kind of it's lands like an upright pencil, right? Well, that it makes no sense. Yeah, it's it's an amazing amount of technology. Unfortunately, that's not what happened here. Uh, they were testing this at the Boca Chica facility in the Texas. Boca Chica. <laughs> yes, where uh, apparently on the way back it did not quite uh, it didn't quite make the right maneuvers and it crashed in blew up so if you like to see things blow up hey don't feel bad elon musk is worth billions of dollars so enjoy watching a rich guy's toy blow up right in his face and then eventually maybe it will be the thing that you take to mars down the road many years from now when they figure out how to make it not do that and by you you mean other people because i'm not i don't know if they call me i will travel to boca chica to get on the flight (laughs) I'm oh, going to Mars Boca Chica. by way of Boca Chica. Buckeye Show's yes. next. We'll see you tomorrow. Common Man and T-Bone on the fan. Fan traffic. From the Logan AC and Heat Services Traffic Center. Good evening. You'll find that earlier accident has cleared from East Broad Street, east of Maplewood Avenue. All lanes have reopened in that area. You're going to find some residual slowdowns over there. Plan on some backups for at least another 10 minutes. This traffic report is sponsored by Allstate. If you're driving less, you could be saving more on car insurance. With pay-per-mile insurance from Allstate, pay for the miles you drive and save on the miles you don't. Call a local Allstate agent and get a quote now. I'm Leanna Ray with Fan Traffic. Hey, Common Man here. I know what you're thinking. This guy again. But... We have some special bonus stuff for you. Sponsored, of course, by our friends, Care Heating and Cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust. One is angry, the other one is bald. What do you think I mean, bald? Bald! Bald, bald! Here's man and bone. I want to point something out. All right. I, too, would be bald. If I don't, if I didn't take these pills every single day, <laughs> I've been taking the Propecia pills or whatever the generic is called now yeah. for almost 20 years. It's called amateur Pecia. <laughs> I didn't think about it for a second. Good job. <laughs> and I'm so terrified that if I stop taking these pills, like my hair will just fall out in one day. All of it. Yeah. Well, it's funny because we were watching last night. I had the NBA games on and uh, ESPN. I'm trying to remember who was alongside uh, Richard Jefferson 
I wanna, Richard I Jefferson. Yes. Uh, maybe, I don't remember. It's one of the bald guys that does ESPN broadcasts, whatever. And so Richard Jefferson is obviously shaved head. This guy also shaved head, you know, probably trying to forestall the inevitable. And Melissa's like, wow, man, everybody's just, you know, out here not embracing their baldness. And I'm like, you're, I, I too shave. Like, I don't let it grow long. I don't have like the, you know, coconut with a Hulu skirt on it. Like, no, I'm not going to do you that. Need a different look. And you can't shave it all the way. No, you I can't be totally bald. You look like a clan member. Thanks. You, thanks. you would. I, you would look like a total I clan mean, member if you were totally bald. I would think you look like a clan member if you show up with a hood on. Like, that makes you. Yeah, but don't you just stop What it am now. I supposed to do? I'm bald. Like, I just. You have that look to you. A fat white guy who's bald. No, there are it? other white people who can pull it off. I'm just saying that that's not something you could pull off. I don't think. No, I have like shaved it all the way down. It's too much maintenance. That's I don't know if people realize that's a lot of shaving. That is you got to do it every day. Yeah, oh yeah, to get the to get the cue ball look. Yeah, like I have the stubble going, and sometimes it gets a little longer. Then I have to shave it back down. But the the cue ball polished dome thing. That's a whole nother level. Like of Stanley commitment. Tucci. Stanley Tucci is a white guy, but he can pull off the shaved head look without you looking at Stanley Tucci like, oh, he's going to burn a cross on somebody's lawn. But you're you, saying I, I think you're people saying get the wrong impression. You would accuse me of it, even though you know me and know I would never do right. something like that. I that's, know I know I've known you the, for years. That's bad. But I would just yell well, racist at you and run away. Well, I'm glad I don't shave my head all the way down. Then is it OK where it is now? Because oh, I just fine want, now. OK, good. I yeah, just want to make sure like every other fat. Soccer loving yes, guy. Good. Right I don't, don't want to give off any vibes that are not accurate. So good. All right. A special thank you for consuming all the stupidity we can safely shove down your gullet. Come back for more podcasts. And again, the podcast is sponsored by our friends because they pay us care, heating and cooling. Call 1-800-COOLING when you need a company you can trust. Stop listening now. The podcast is over. Turn it off. Go do something. 